the What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is Ghostbusters. Oh, two. Yeah. Oh, it's Ghostbusters. Yeah. Two. Not Ghostbusters. Oh, two. But you've already. That would be play. like that would be like Blues Brothers two thousand. Yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. two. Here you Psych- are, yeah. and you are trapped. Uh, before we get started and talk about who's at the table today and what we've been drinking, uh, go ahead and press play <laughs> on your Ghostbusters two DVD, VHS, Beta tape, iPod, whatever you've got, and press pause when the old crummy Columbia Pictures logo fades to black. The first frame you perceive of all black is when you should press pause. As I have pressed pause here in a second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause on the plosives of on the plosive of P and unpause. I'll press play. You'll press play, and guess what will happen? We'll watch the movie together in perfect sync, and it'll be like any other official commentary, except, of course, this time will not be official. It will be with four friends in your head, and those friends this week are myself, Teague Christie, and as always, Mr. Brian William Finifter. Hello. Michael, the Dorkman Scott. What's up? And Trey, the Amazing Stokes. Here we go. Now, here we go with Ghostbusters <sighs> 2, which is almost yeah. universally considered to be a poorly done sequel. Uh, and inferior guess, uh, well, is a inferior. Good, inferior. Okay, inferior. Word for it. If you didn't see Ghostbusters one, although it'd be very surreal, Boy, you wouldn't have a problem with Ghostbusters two. That's quite possible. However, wow. for my part, I, I had only seen. I think I saw Ghostbusters for like the second time or something like that on Down in Front the first time. Since then, in the uh, God, it must have been like seven months now. Seven months <laughs> intervening. That's what I've first, actually seen it a few ones. times, and I've come to really, really like Ghostbusters. However, as of now, I have still only seen Ghostbusters two once. Brian, what do you bring to the table? You know, I, I know I've talked about this before, but as a kid. Uh, Right now, I'm just six years old again, and it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I know we talked about it, I know I've mentioned it before, where it's, you know, as a kid, I would watch Ghostbusters or Ghostbusters 2, and there's no distinction in my mind. There's just some moments that are Ghostbusters, and it doesn't matter which movie they're actually from. So, obviously, I've, you know, uh, hammered them out for myself. You've repressed this whole movie. <laughs> no, I haven't. I, we'll see. I mean, I actually haven't watched it in a while, but we'll see. If it holds up for me, but I'm not as critical of it as I think uh, Mike and, and Trey are going to be, so we'll see. It's worth mentioning that Dorkman brings some extenuating circumstances to the table. Uh, what are those, Michael? Uh, I just saw 2012, <laughs> <laughs> and I want to kill myself. Like, seriously, I sort of want to end it because I don't want to live in a world where that movie exists. Um, but I don't want let, – let Trey go first. I want to I, I want to go last because oh, yeah, I think uh, I might have the Dork, long intro. Dorkman, as our resident Ghostbusters yeah, expert, is going to yeah. have a long-winded yeah. intro. No. Trey Stokes. Now I want to watch 2012 and do that movie. I can't wait. Um, uh, unlike uh, unlike uh, the rest of y'all, um, actually, this movie is what, 89? 89. Yeah, um, 1989. Yeah, I'm right, man. 89, uh, I remember quite clearly. Uh, I was working on The Abyss during 89, and all of us in the shop were very much abuzz about how they were finally going to come out with a sequel to Ghostbusters because uh, Steve himself, my boss, Steve Johnson, had worked on the original Ghostbusters and designed the original um, Slimer slash Onion Head slash uh, whatever you choose to call him. Um, so there was a lot of anticipation uh, for the for the movie when it came out, and then uh, a lot of disappointment when we finally saw the end result. So you were disappointed. I was very disappointed. Uh, it's 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 uh, very blatantly a cash grab by everyone involved. It's a movie that uh, they they waited until the studio agreed to pay everyone God knows what exorbitant amount of money to show up and play Ghostbusters again. Say the lines. It's what? it's very it's it's the it's the Ocean's Twelve of the Ghostbusters. Uh, when was uh, Ghostbusters the first one? When was that? Eighty four. Eighty four. They waited five years for yeah. the sequel. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's 
Wow, that's it was, a it long was time to get everyone available again and get everyone to agree. And you know, a lot of like, well, you know, this is this is one of those scripts that everyone like. Well, I like my part of the script, and that's why no other human being likes the script because it's only bits that everyone agreed that they would be willing to do. So it's just one of those. It's just what it's 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 Ocean's Twelve. This is the Ocean's Twelve of its era. Over the course of this interview, we'll get into how it could have been better. But until until that point, we have to fill ourselves with the twenty five minutes of reasoning that Michael has for not liking this movie, <laughs> well, Darkman. No, I, okay. Um, I'm not. I can't remember how much into it I got uh, in the original <laughs> Ghostbusters, but but I want to drive the point home again that this this I didn't grow up on Star Wars. Like I didn't watch Star Wars until high school. This is your franchise. This is my this is my Star Wars. Like this is literally this is the first uh, Ghostbusters one, not this one. Ghostbusters one is the first movie that I saw in theaters, and it just blew my mind wide open. And I like I watched the cartoon, and I had the toys, and it's like the it, it had like a lot of people talk about with Star Wars, like it had. It still affects kind of who I am today. Like I love comedy and action and horror and sci-fi and movies and visual effects and like even my sense of humor is is uh, based off of like Bill Murray as Venkman and stuff like that to you know various degrees of success depending on who you ask. But that's that's clearly where I kind of get that the sarcasm thing from. Wouldn't say clearly, um, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I get the idea for it from. That's where I got the idea that, that comedy can work. Yes, exactly. That it could, that people could be funny, and maybe I should try that. Um, <laughs> give, give it a go. But um, uh, so you know, that's the. I, and I was just like obsessed. Um, so you know, 1989. Like uh, like Brian, I'm six years old, and I don't know a damn thing. Like winter still surprises me because I haven't <laughs> seen it that many times. I'm not reading the fucking Daily Variety or anything like that. I'm a kid, right? So. So just one day out of the blue, there's a commercial on TV for Ghostbusters 2. Wow. What sound, you know? what sound did you make? No, you know how kids... No, 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 no. You no, get no, to the story you, after no, the no, sound. No, 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 no. You know how little kids are like pets that can talk? <laughs> Like, like, and, and and it's really easy to get them to kind of go back to the 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 feral roots and like, if they get really excited, they'll just jump up and start running in circles because they don't know what else to do with themselves. Like, I ran in circles for a week. Wow. Like, like I was so like it's it's seriously the kind of excitement that affects me on a quantum level. Like, I I can think about it now, twenty years later, and still feel excited. Wow. <laughs> right? Wow. It's it's like that much of a thing. And so like that, and that's when I started. Like, you know, there was a, a cover story on Rolling Stone about Ghostbusters two, and I made my parents buy me that magazine, and I didn't understand half of it, but I, I read it and looked at the pictures. You and got was very very into it. So excited, and, and then I and then you saw it, and then, and then I finally saw it. And I was too young to know it wasn't good. <laughs> well, there you so, go. So, yeah. it's, I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's like, just like, just like Brian was saying, you know, to me, this is still part of the Ghostbusters story. It's, it's an extension of Ghost. So, this is actually probably going to be kind of a rough commentary for me <laughs> because I'm, I'm going to be sitting here and we're going to be watching you hypnotically gonna, go back. No, no. Pass. Well, it's either that or it's going to be like domestic abuse. Like I'm going to be slapping <laughs> this movie around, telling it I love it, but it kind of deserves it. You know, <laughs> you let me down. Yeah, you always disappoint me. Why do you make me do this? Yeah, to you? why do you? You think I like hurting you like this, Ghostbusters too? Um, so, so we'll see. I genuinely wow. like, like, um, like Brian said, I actually haven't watched this movie in some time. Um, I'm familiar with it, and I actually can delineate what happened in Ghostbusters one versus Ghostbusters two, if only because I've seen Ghostbusters one so many times. Right, yeah. I know all of it, so the bits that aren't in there are obviously Ghostbusters two. Um, but uh, I've you really do have like a. Uncle Touchy's Naked Puzzle Basement version of Ghostbusters. <laughs> like your past reverberates. I don't. Wow. I, yeah, I, I don't. 
I, <laughs> Dude, I, this movie hurt you. It, no, it didn't. No, that's where the thing. Did the movie it didn't. touch you? It really didn't. Like this movie did not hurt me at all. And well, it's, this, it's yeah, the but kind it's of like it's like it hurts you too young for you to know that you're being hurt. Well, you thought this was just yeah. how Ghostbusters is supposed yeah. to be. You're repressing. You're repressing. You're in denial. I guess we'll see because it's the kind of thing where I can I can definitely intellectually remove myself and be like, well, this doesn't work because I'll I'll freely like I haven't deluded myself into thinking this is a good film, right? I know that it's not. It's an inferior movie to the first one in pretty much every way but emotionally speaking it was still like it doesn't matter it, it, it doesn't Man, matter because it's more ghostbusters and how could that be a bad right. dark Man, yeah. we love you and we're here for you and we want to tell you that this is an intervention yeah well we'll see let's let's have a look so here we go get your mouse in the remote or your but i do, uh, I do want to oh. say real quick before we go on we have they, they released this like twice on dvd the menu, yeah. They, they have clearly abandoned all pretense of things because this menu is identical to the Ghostbusters 1 menu, except they replaced the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man with the, the Statue, Statue of Liberty, Liberty which but, is basically what the plot of this film is. Yeah, does. exactly. They just admit it. It's, <laughs> it's like the first one, but there's a different thing walking down the street. But to be fair, they released Ghostbusters in like a one, both of the movies in one pack. So they produced both of them at the same I time. I guess no, this one, not the original one. Because they, they a, f- a few years ago, like when DVD was the new thing, like Ghostbusters, yeah, Ghostbusters was one of the, one of the first, first ones. ones. This is, and I'm it sure was this the is first for, one with an animated menu. I'm sure this is for commentary. A, I think it was a big deal. And they had a mystery. They even have a mystery science commentary yeah. on that one. That was like a really? big shocking thing. Well, yeah, the original Ghostbusters. Mike DVD. or Joel? It wasn't. No, no, no it no, wasn't. It's them doing it like mystery science. But, but oh, they, no, 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 no. Let's uh, just just so no one like picks up that DVD and gets all excited like they're mocking the movie. No, it's the commentary, but they're little silhouettes. It's a commentary, but they're silhouettes on it. But it's a serious commentary. Yeah, and then they were like. Why? Why? And they never yeah. did that again. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it was sort of like, a, you know, let's try it. Let's try this. But I, I imagine the, the menus were probably put together when they probably released them as a, as a set or yeah. they, they just right. you know, they had yeah. both releases but still, ready to go. my God. Okay. <laughs> now that, at that least being... put the museum on. It's still the building from the I first know, they, they, they even, didn't even, didn't even bother to change the anyway, graphics. Go, go. We're ten minutes into the episode. We should probably start the movie. <laughs> yeah, God forbid we still have to watch this damn thing. Mouse on your remote or finger on your mouse. Wait <laughs> uh, Put your mouse on your remote. I like to make my own fun. Thank go you. Go ahead and go three, <laughs> two, one, unpause. I don't All know right. what you do while you're listening oh, to this boy. podcast. Yeah. Yep, and then five years later. Five years wow. later. And I was like, wow, it Wait, really is. Wait, but it's Helvetica. It's, all, it's, it's okay. Beautiful. It's okay. Helvetica. Boy, this now, is dirty. They didn't even remaster it. There's all kinds of yeah, dirt it's on very this noisy. Print. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, let's see. Wow, that's cool? Yeah. I like the... Dude, it's not That's CG, good. so I'm stoked. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we'll see a lot of that. Now, now, in fact, we'll get to talk about the effects. Is that right, the stuff you were talking about last time? That's around? exactly the same stuff. In fact, a lot of some some people worked on the blob, worked on this movie as well, and there's a lot of a lot of tentacles. Um, uh, the the people who uh, ILM I think did most of the stuff. They they you know they used a lot of our similar tentacle type stuff. I remember there's a guy who was one of the key effects guys on Ghostbusters was monkeying with our tentacles before he went to do Ghostbusters 2. We, we uh, just saw uh, a uh, subtitle where someone said, watch where you're going, and yeah. it was after a guy hit a girl in crutches, and yeah. I'm not sure who said what to No, who. she screams that to him. Okay, she it'd screams. be funnier if it was a New York yeah. movie, Jesus, and the guy watch screamed where you're going. Watch where you're going. Well, which is actually kind of a... Uh, a set up in a sense like uh the whole you sound so depressed the whole thing that we're gonna see <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing that we're gonna see is that you know and we see this guy arguing with the meter maid in the background even still um is that the slime is powered by negative emotion this cool. is one of those movies this is a 1980s we're mean and we have to stop or else evil will destroy us uh type of movies what, as opposed to what what kind of movies do we make now? Well, no, I'm just saying it was more <laughs> heavy-handed. Like we talked talked about with Superman four. We didn't do Superman four, but I referenced oh, it in the abyss and stuff the, yeah, like that. Yeah, Superman four. So 
It's so one of those, this is cool. It's a little radio-controlled thing. I know. That, it's that like, can make some serious banks. The thing about this movie is, you know, as, as impressive as the effects in the first one were, this one, of course, they had, the sky was the limit yeah. in terms of their effects budget. Why does the their, guy honk his horn? Yeah. yeah. Moving. It, the carriage does steer out of the way, so there you go. But the baby seems genuinely distressed. You know, they I were they were say. just uh, over the over the top in terms of the effects they were able to do. I mean, here they've got an entire you know street blocked off to do this sequence of a baby carriage and everything going on, and a very cool animated baby carriage going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, geez, for heaven's sake! A lot of a lot of very smart cuts. Obviously, the baby is not in there. No, no, certainly it's not. Just close-ups. But uh, you know, that's these are not these are not cheap sequences to do. This yeah. movie had a huge budget because it was the sequel to Ghostbusters, and they you know they could do anything they wanted. It's kind of an unsatisfying opening, I think. Yeah. The, the, the teaser, it's like it it doesn't really have a punchline to it. It doesn't have an ending to it. It's just sort of a well. Neither did the first one, though. What was the first one? The, the first, first one was the librarian, and we just see her scream. Yeah, but at least it ended on a, a cliffhanger. Of, oh, oh my gosh, what sure. happened to that lady? This one, it's like if they kept that idea, they would have the baby would have continued to go in traffic, right. and we would have okay. been, we would have gone out on the oh my god, I hope the baby's okay, and yeah. then maybe found out later the baby survived, but just barely when right. they when they find out about it. I love the Ecto one, but I do like the Ecto one A that we see later on. I like the the soup because I just like busy design. It'd be kind of funny to design a car like from the eighties that basically accomplishes what every single franchise car did. So it's got like time travel, <laughs> and it's there's, <laughs> there's Gail Wallens. Oh, hey, Gail. Long time no see. Who the hell is Gail Wallace? Gail Wallace from Die Hard. It's that, it's that character actress you see in a lot of 80s uh, movies. Yeah. She, she works with Harvey Johnson on, on, the, <laughs> on the news. Oh, I thought it was going to be He-Man. I, I got a big laugh out of that because I was a big fan of He-Man. Oh, I see what kid. they're doing. They're doing birthday. It's basically yeah. they're saying that they're there not is. successful. Yeah. yeah. And this is, and I, you know, it's, I've, I've already, uh, I think I pointed well, this. Wow, how so. does he look younger than the first movie? Really? <laughs> they had a lot of work done. This, this right here, Jason Reitman. Future oh, director oh of my Juno. Gosh, look at that. Really? Future Jason. director of Juno and uh, the upcoming Up in the Air. Up in right the air. There. And, and thank and you for thank smoking. Thank you for thank smoking. Thank you for smoking, yeah. Wow. And, and the answer is, you're no. welcome. That's good trivia. That and, uh, excellent and, uh, trivia. And, of course, uh, his line is, my dad says you're full of crap. And the, <laughs> and the dad, of course, is the director of this film, his that's, actual father. That's perfect. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's, I, I did not know that. How do you guys feel about Ivan Reitman as a director? I mean, has he, he, been, he said, done noteworthy stuff other than Ghostbusters and, I guess, he, Evolution? His heyday was definitely the 80s. He did uh, Stripes, yeah. which is great. Oh, Stripes. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, and you know, I felt very torn in this episode, in yeah. the, not episode, but this section of the movie, because I'm like, I like Ghostbusters and He-Man. Yeah, which more, <laughs> I don't know. Team which He-Man, one I would Team like. Ghostbusters. Which more, am I doing? More yeah. recently, he did. Uh, he did. Um, uh, well, his most recent, I think, that he did was released as uh, Six Days, Seven Nights, which I actually like. Is that him? Yeah, I actually like more than I really probably that was should. And Hayes Harrison Ford. Yeah, Harrison Ford. I, I, I only caught up with that on video recently, and although it's not perfect, there's actually parts of it I like. But um, and but before that, uh, a major um, kind of remember I'm the guy who did Ghostbusters was uh, Evolution. He did. Evolution. I loved Evolution, yeah. and it might be one of those yeah. things where Fig loves stupid movies. <laughs> However, I really enjoyed it's, Evolution. It's not a great movie, he's, but, but he's, he's awesome done quite. Movie. He did a number of uh, a number of movies. He's he's uh, quite quite successful directing wise. But this is this whole opening. Already, the movie started to lose me right here, and yeah. I, I think I've pointed this out already. But it just—it's—it's it's five years later, and and I—I I know they've the back to square one. I know they've the tried problem. to justify it, but it's like apparently, you know, everything they ever did, to, you know, actually saving ghosts and all the thousands of witnesses who saw them save the city from ghosts. No one believes in that anymore. Right. Somehow they forgot. You know. Right. And that's that's really. I mean, the the problem with this is that it's you know people it's, people say it's the same movie and it is because it is. they've started again. They just they have to. They over. have to do exactly the same. And it's the exact same progression. For, for some reason, it, it no is. one believes you. No one believes you. No one believes you. Oh my God! It's all true. Save yeah. us. It it is, and I I feel like it's not. 
it's the kind of thing that could have probably worked on paper. Like that may be the thing, the reason they kind of got through because it seems like an interesting idea to be like, oh yeah, successful. Everyone expects them to be a big success. What do we do? We we subvert that. But I like. Yeah, it just doesn't work. Maybe if this were a TV show and it were like it was canceled after the first season and then it came back like Family Guy like two years later <laughs> and then it's like scraping themselves back up, you know, by their bootstraps or whatever. But even that only lasts you like two, three episodes. So I guess that brings frankly. up the point that it's funny that Michael Dorkman Scott, who has somewhat famously rewritten sequels and prequels. <laughs> prior to this for what he now says are movies that aren't his favorite of all time (laughs) can't really figure out how to finish Ghostbusters 1 into a sequel even though it's his favorite franchise well I mean the I mean the the problem is uh, the problem is like I said to me, it's it's You're never really young. it's never really occurred to me to think what could I do differently with Ghostbusters two. Yeah. Like it's just you know it's Ghostbusters it's Ghostbusters two. It's a continuation of Ghostbusters. I can choose to take it or leave it. Like like it's been my I can choose to take it or leave it. And I love Ghostbusters too much to leave it. So I just accept <laughs> that this is Ghostbusters two. Well, I guess yeah. the one way you is. could handle it is not now. To- now if if they fuck up Ghostbusters three, that's where I was going. Yeah. That's a different matter entirely that's because I, I will notice. Yeah. Well, but, here's the thing. I was wondering because we'll trade you guys something real quick. Well, I was just going to say not only did they recycle the A plot, they've even recycled the B plot. Yeah. You know, it's like we're not picking up with with um, Dana and Bill Murray together they've been together and broken up and now he has to woo her again in this yeah, movie so it's yeah. like that too is going to be a retread that's, of what that's we've seen ivan reitman's daughter the dog yes yeah, strangely enough yes now what Take i was going to say is that maybe you can't do this for the sequel because you're too close to what is already the sequel but if you had to do ghostbusters 3 ghostbusters 3 actually happening notwithstanding where would you go with these group of guys? I mean, what can you t- what can you say with the Ghostbusters that you haven't already said? It's not like Star Wars where it's a universe. No, no, it's no. Just- I, I, that I think that's the other issue with me with with redoing Ghostbusters uh, or, or doing another Ghostbusters movie, whether we call it Ghost an alternate Ghostbusters two or Ghostbusters three or whatever you want to say. It's like the idea. It's it's not a a thing that has a lot of like. Themes that you can wrestle with, like well, Star, like Star Wars, Wars and Matrix. And Matrix there are there are universe movies, yeah. and this right. isn't. This, this is just a movie. Ghostbusters a, is more of a franchise that doesn't re- really, really, really in a world outside of Hollywood in a, in a true and perfect universe. This shouldn't be a franchise, right? They, right. They should is, have just, wait, is that Shia's dad in Transformers? Yes. Yep. Yes. Are you is. shitting me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. this is how I know him. That actor's he, done a lot of stuff. Yeah. But um, I, uh, like I would say this is this is this is this is more like um. Less like Star Wars and more like Indiana Jones to do this franchise properly. It's episodic. It's more like what what big monster are the right. Ghostbusters going yeah. to fight this and, week? And yet, there's and no yet, saga involved. No, there's it. no saga. So, and yet so another failure of this movie is the monster they fight in this one is not as big and bad as the monster right. they fought in the first right. movie. The first, th- this one is just kind of a, a voodoo warlord. This is like a, yeah, this is the previous a, you know, one was a god. A bad wizard, and the last yeah. one was the destroyer of the universe. Yeah. Now, wait a second. What is the difference between an episodic franchise and a saga franchise a saga well uh, like a saga franchise has i and we're essentially just making this up right now but <laughs> to be fair um it's going to be a rule from now yeah on. but it will we'll bring it up all the time we're, I'm sure. we're simply defining our terms yeah. in our own way yeah that's all so uh, a saga a saga franchise is the is the kind of uh thing like star wars or the matrix or it's, it's more akin to a mini series there's yes a, there's an overarching there's one larger story as opposed to there isn't one large story so a saga behind feels like a book there isn't one large yeah. story behind. Or a series of books. Um, or, or Lord of the Rings would be yeah. a saga because right. it's telling one story. The Dark Tower is a saga. Yes. Whereas, um, well, it kind of... I know. I didn't want to get you started. Don't whereas the started. only thing that Indiana yeah. Jones movies have in common is that they have Indiana Jones. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, Indiana Jones, 
Um, very similar to, you know, people talk about character arcs. Indy has no character arc. Right. Like, he doesn't really change yeah. over the course of it. It's it's a, so, so with episodic. And if he does, they ignore it the next time they reboot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's, like, He's got a girlfriend. He fell in love. No, he didn't. She's exactly. Gone. And that's the, that's the same with uh, Sam, or, or James Bond. James Bond. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, as soon as he said the girlfriend thing, we're both like, oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's you, another you, know who, you know who can't keep a girlfriend? James Bond. Yeah, Which is what James uh, Indiana Jones started out as, is Spielberg's James Bond. Right. And it, but, but, you know, episodic is just like episodic television. The idea is you could start watching at any point watch in any order and it doesn't matter because right. everything is essentially reset at the yeah. end at the end of the day exactly the main the characters aren't any different and the situation isn't any different yeah so isn't, so you isn't could, this um bart simpson or lisa simpson? no it's not no, no. but she she, uh, she what's the, like what's the actress in yearly smith but it's it's close but it's and not right. nancy cartwright is bart but yeah um but uh yeah so so ultimately this one, this one would be like Indiana Jones. Right. It's, it's they they go from point and and you could have a progression like like I would have liked to see they're at the top of their game right now. Then what? You know, you can you can have a B plot about the, the fall from grace, the, the fall from grace, or you can have a B plot about the other paranormal in, investigators. The L A chapter, in. yeah, the L A chapter, or you know, the the other who would the, have to be a bunch of douchebags, yeah, <laughs> or the, com- the yeah. competitors, the competitors even in New York who mm. would of yeah, course they're, they're, turn it, out to be turn out to be exactly what Walter Peck yeah. thought they were, which more like the frighteners, like they're yeah. working with. Yeah, the if ghosts. they were if they were so successful and they saved the city, then yes, imitators and and competitors yeah. would then spring up. Would yeah. be a more you know a way to take. The story and, it would, a new direction. And, and it would almost be the kind. Well, maybe it's like okay, now we're doing it. But it, <laughs> there we go. It'd be the you know it'd be the kind of thing where um I've I've literally never thought about this before. But yeah. um so if it sucks, I'm sorry. But um like it, it could even be the kind of thing where they have had imitators just kind of coming and going and stuff like that. So they've kind of learned to just ignore it and be like, well, we're the Ghostbusters and we don't have anything to worry we're about. We're the original famous yeah. race. So they, so they, <laughs> right. so, so it's the kind of thing where it's almost like, you know, they, they have competitors who are like in league with the ghosts, but get in more, you know, uh, deeper than they think and end up like helping the bad guy, you, you know, the ghosts start to gain power because they want, they want work and they want to get popular and stuff like that. But the Ghostbusters ignore them for a while because they're like, oh, what? It's the, the same, it's, same. It's the same thing. It's, yeah. They're pulling seances and cold readings and stuff like that and blah, blah, blah. And by the time they realize there's something else going on, like it's way out of control. But now the problem with all of those stories is it's, Im- it's that implied. That is not art. I don't care. That's not art. Anyway. <laughs> it's implied in the first one that the only reason segue. there is so much paranormal activity in the first movie is because the main you know zool and the because main of, is, yeah, is building are, it all up yeah. so once they defeat that the the logic of the implication of the story is that will all go away and they'll really be out it, of a job it won't all go away it's just going to drop back down to normal levels because yeah. they do they do well, say they have a, yeah but they i mean have a baseline and basic, then it, the twinkie starts to grow but they're know? basically justifying why in our real life we don't Janos. see any now here's yeah here's something I love that, that character. this is something that's why we don't see something any spe- paranormal activity no no they, Sorry, they, they would say we up. do Something that's especially sad about this movie is Peter McNichol, who is just you know a guy who showed up and, and is, walks away with most of this movie. He's right. he's almost the funniest yeah. thing in yeah. this entire movie. He's amazing. And uh, like I, he's like Bronson Pinchot. Like for the longest yeah. time, I didn't know this wasn't the way he talked. Yeah, it's and he's like, know, and, like and, and, and like Bronson Pinchot. Bronson Pinchot, you know, really got himself on the map when he showed up for five minutes in Beverly Hills right. Cop and and took the took the screen away right. from Eddie Murphy. You know, well, was was like, well, that guy actually stole a scene yeah. from Eddie Murphy. I was that's thinking Balky, but yeah. Yeah, this, this is uh, uh, but before that, but but long before that was his uh, little oh, oh. five minute bit in uh, in uh, Beverly Hills Cop. What's going on here? This is uh, you know <laughs> paranormal, CG? ghosty things. No, so, no, that's uh, that's 
Vigo. He's Vigo. He's a lot of weird stuff. We are like, like the buzzing of flies to you. We are like the buzzing of flies to you. I wanted to see more about this bookstore. I like the idea of, of Ray owning an yeah. occult bookstore. So what's... what's and that kind of the... He, he's like... He, it's like he belongs on freaking Diagon Alley. Like he's sending <laughs> he frogs wart. I wonder if Is that a potential storyline where it's basically like behind the music, where are they now version of Ghostbusters where Egon has a bookstore and... Although well, that's what they're doing. I guess that is what they're that doing. Is they, what they're doing. Show, They've okay. gone their separate ways, which again is just like... You know, it's it's just it doesn't make any sense to me that that's how what's happened in the, in the last five years. Unless unless we explain better why you know if, if they had a falling out amongst themselves, I could maybe buy it. You know, maybe they got so successful that uh-huh. there was a big you know they, yeah. they they split like the Beatles. You know, yeah, they just yeah, they yeah. couldn't do anything else. <laughs> the, the, you know, the, went off oh, to who's a solo Yoko? Album. Yeah. yeah, who's Yoko? Exactly. Yeah. Sigourney Weaver has to be Yoko. Yes. Weaver, Yoko. But the now the other thing. No, that's, no, I'm going to say Rick Moranis was Yoko. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Somehow he broke that. You know, and surely he's going to be here any second, right? Oh, he'll uh, be the, here. The the, the no, sad. He doesn't come back until the courtroom scene. The sad thing about this about this movie, sad in a in a good way, sort of, is that there are individual parts of it that are very very funny. It does at yeah. least the courtroom scene is hilarious, I, especially I, with Rick this Moranis. is kind of an incredible thing because they're doing their uh, their you know underground investigation yeah, underground and it's illegal. They're not supposed to be doing right. this, but they're doing it. Anyway but now see, I themselves. I could buy starting here if the reason for them being in this place was the fact that once we defeated the big bad there wasn't enough business to keep us in business anymore i do like i, I could buy that i i, I, I do like what we were talking about yeah. earlier where there's all these competitors now right i like that as a potential storyline too but see, if that's want, actually not a bad approach i actually i've never really considered that but that's actually a good idea that that the reason they had their big big heyday was because of the amped up paranormal activity right. so once they uh-huh. defeated it there are no more ghosts to bust right. the exactly. paranormal activity goes away but there's no seemed, economy of scale there's, it, there's not enough to pay the overhead it seemed pretty that, clear that would have been a fine I think that would have been a much stronger way to do it it and, seemed and, pretty clear that it predated Gozer though like they'd been researching this stuff for a while the library ghost and stuff like that so it just, yeah. wasn't just Gozer now That's I do true. have to say the Ghostbusters video game which has come out since we I did still, the first Can I borrow one. that from you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to get, to get um, into personal business on the podcast, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Um, the Ghostbusters video game, I think, as a uh, – I did I did a whole review on it on my blog. But it, it has a really good storyline, and it relates – it actually relates to the first one. Like it's it's a continuation of kind of the Gozer thing. Oh, really? Uh, which, is, which is interesting and actually – like thinking about it, like it works great in the video game because then you get to kind of it, it's justifications for replaying the movie while still having a new story, basically. Um, but but somehow manages to not be as much of a retread of the move the first one as this one is. Um, but uh, like I'm not sure I would have liked that. I'm not. Uh, I, I, I on mean, the screen, I, you mean? Well, I, yeah, on the screen. Well, I probably I would have accepted any damn thing they threw at me, <laughs> as we obviously have have noticed. But um, the. Uh, like like looking back at it now, I'd probably still have complaints and be like, "There, it's it's not Gozer. Like it's not Ghostbusters versus Gozer. It's Ghostbusters versus p- the paranormal, the supernatural. You know, come up with something else. But this, but Vigo's not enough. You know, is yeah. the problem. Now the review for the video game is on your website. It's yes. on DorkmanScott.wordpress.com. Uh, you can just find it by DorkmanScott.com. Is there actually. like a tag on your blog all about Ghostbusters? I should have one, yeah. I should, <laughs> yeah. I should establish Definitely one. should have one. Yeah. And I guess the other thing I was going to say is, so we've basically established that this is a, a... I love this baby. I always thought this baby was adorable. And is it... Is although, it, although there is, is one that's slight... Yeah, it's twins. Yeah. Um, I always, and, and you can tell because one of them is, is slightly cuter than the other. <laughs> one is so much smarter than the other. I have to say. At least you said that you, you put the shine on it and say one of them is kind of uglier than the other. Yeah. <laughs> one is of them there, is better uh, actor. So we've established that, A, this is... 
not necessarily a failure, but it's not a success of a sequel. And B, that this is more along the lines of an episodic franchise than a saga franchise. So what separates Indiana Jones' world from Ghostbusters' world in terms of how you can make successful sequels? Because is, is it just that the Indiana well, Jones sequels are worth telling? This is this is not a particularly compelling story. Yeah, that they it's come not up a particularly. But at the same time, um, well, is that built into the, at the same universe? Time, no, here's the real problem. Here's the real problem because I feel like you, you, as long as you get the character right, it doesn't matter what what the story is. Which is why the the new Indiana Jones didn't work. But um, I feel like the character. And and Bill Murray had the same complaint. Like the reason we haven't had a Ghostbusters three in such a long time, number one, I'm sure is is money. But number two is Bill Murray didn't want to do it because he had yeah. such a miserable time doing Ghostbusters two because it was the kind of like and and he's talked about it in interviews because people have people have asked him about Ghostbusters three and finally earlier this uh, like this year at a at a at a convention I don't remember which one doing a thing for City of Ember he got a Ghostbusters three question and he's like, you know what I think I might do it. <laughs> like he's like he's like I, I I think the wounds from Ghostbusters two have healed and he explained it he was like basically and I'm totally paraphrasing here but he he basically said you know the the first one was so much fun to do because it was just us riffing off each other and stuff like that and it was a fun story and stuff like that and then we came along to the second one we had a huge budget and the effects guys got the script. They got a hold of the script before we did, and they got a hold of Ivan basically, and they were basically, you know, and it was in the heady days of, you know, in the '80s with lots of money, and they were like, "Oh, dude, we could do this and this and this and this," and Ivan is just like, "Yeah." And, and so, as previously previously established, everybody was on coke, right? Exactly. <laughs> so it was the '80s. So it was complete. So it was the kind of thing where he's he's like, they got the script and it was just gone, like, and and then it was us just kind of. Marching through the scenes until the next effect. Yeah, and, and, and so I and, and so he's like he's like I, enj- I I love these characters and it was such a waste yeah. of of everything to just go and do that and just be. It's always really charming when you hear to, the actor say that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's, it, it, well, it's the kind of thing where I heard I heard. I'm sorry to keep cutting you off, but well, like it's your Bill, movie. Yeah, Bill, <laughs> it, like, it is. Bill Murray agreed actually agreed to do Ghostbusters three finally because because he went back and did the video game like. Because cause at one point, he said when, it was so much fun. when TMNT came out, the fucking animated movie, Dan Aykroyd, who's been trying to get Ghostbusters, like, he's the one been carrying the torch, right? And he was like, oh, we should totally do Ghostbusters 3 that way. And I was, everyone was like, no, don't do it that way. But Bill Murray said, you know what, if you did, I would do Venkman. I would come back and do the voice. So then a couple years later, they're going to do the video game. They, they actually, like, someone's just going to do the video game. But then Aykroyd and Ramis find out, and they're like, we love that idea. And they actually got involved with the writing and stuff like that and they wanted to and so they went to Bill Murray and they were like you said you'd do your voice (laughs) (laughs) if you had so so he came back and he did it and he was like I loved it like I miss those characters and I miss doing it and and he was saying I found myself like I was walking down the street fucking whistling the theme and people are looking (laughs) at me like this guy you're an asshole he's just like that he's totally uh, into it but uh, so he was like I I think I would do Ghostbusters 3 and and something that made me uh, made me really I mean I already loved him, of course, but but made me really like him was his one stipulation at this point for doing Ghostbusters 3 was, if I'm going to do Ghostbusters 3, Winston has to be a better character. Oh, nice. There you, go. you have to write a better character for Winston. Good for him. Well nice. played, Bill Murray. Yeah. You mean the black guy? Yeah, exactly. Trey, what were you going to say 20 minutes ago? I was, uh, was going to say that... Uh, 
clearly the only time that in this movie that that uh, <laughs> that Murray is having fun is in the scenes when they're just in a normal building or a room or on the street, and he gets to just do the Bill Murray thing, just riffing, and he's riffing. Baby. You know, it's like, like just we, when we you just hire like... Bill Murray, you know, you can you can bother to show him the script if you want to, but yeah. but usually you hire Bill Murray to show up and be Bill Murray, and and just Bill. In this scene, you're trying to convince him of this. Just go, yep. yeah. just go, and just, just go. be hysterically funny and go with it. I mean, you know, famously in Tootsie, I mean, you know, virtually everything he does in Tootsie, which is a movie he also steals half of. Um, you know, everything he says in the entire movie is pretty much uh, improvised. Um, so, so you also notice that in this movie, um, whether by contractually or by just orchestration, that. Murray manages to miss as much of the visual effects participation as he possibly can. He yeah. he doesn't participate at all in this in this slime. Yo. doesn't participate at all in this sliming scene. He doesn't get covered with slime at all ever in this movie. That Whereas the other back guys to what you get said based d- on the uh, drenched, and uh, you know he he literally is like he's almost sort of only peripherally in this movie. He's, this new thing was neat, the Geiger meter, but. Anyway, he's only perfect, he does, he's, he's barely in this movie at all. He's sort of like walking. He literally is walking through and and avoiding as much of the rest of the stuff as he possibly can. It's funny because in the first one you were talking about how you had this theory based on having worked with that gooey stuff, where it's like I think Bill Murray touched it once and said, "Yes, yeah, I'm for not me. getting slimed and, ever again." And certainly, you know, he's even doesn't get very slimed in the first movie. This movie, literally, the other guys get dosed head to toe, which had to be miserable, and and he That's doesn't get stuff. hit at all. So here's one of the more compelling, you know, interesting scenes in the movie, yeah. and none of the Ghostbusters are in it. That's a problem when your when your supposed lead characters are not in the good scenes. Oh man, and I love I love that he's just like I, I'm not even sure he's been like magically taken over. He's just immediately like, yeah. all right, he's, was you he, are the Lord of the universe. Yeah. Was he always like that? Concerned. Maybe he was just always willing to. If someone showed up and said, "I'm in charge," but, you know, yeah. it's funny. Oh, it's yes, funny. Sir. I don't know if this guy's if this aligns with you guys, but as a skeptic, I see that and it's like I'm looking at a painting and all of a sudden a <laughs> face is talking to me, yeah. and I'm like, "Have I taken PCP today?" Yeah, okay, exactly. that, that's it's, it's yeah. immediately enough evidence for me to go. Something's going on. Be- I, no, I'm, I'm be, behind you. Whatever you're yeah. doing. No, to be fair, being. exactly. I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna do whatever the painting wants me to do, <laughs> yeah. as long as the painting is talking to me. And then I'm gonna leave the room with the painting and call someone and be <laughs> yeah. like, all right, some shit just. But then it's like, who do you call? Ghostbuster. Hey, let's go. We're in this movie. As a uh, as a skeptic, I would kind of go. Well, before I immediately leap into worshipping the painting, right. I will examine some other possible no, explanations. Exactly. No, no, I would tell the painting I'm worshipping it, just oh, yeah. in case. Just, but, to get, just to get out of the room. <laughs> yeah. That's what I usually do. And then, but then, like, you know, try and bring other people in, be like, alright, first of Go all... talk to this painting. Yeah. First of all, I want you... I had this weird, really weird experience. Yeah, let's talk about what... As, as skeptics, what do you do if that happens <laughs> to you? Like, like you have to assume... The first assumption is that you are in some fashion deluded. Yeah, I, you the, have the, had the a hallucination. The first thing I think is that someone slipped me something. Yeah, you have yeah. had a hallucination. So the, so how do you determine whether or not you're actually dealing with an evil painting? Camera. That wants to take your camera. Soul? Yeah. Video camera. Okay, that's one way to do it. Now, this is, this is, an, this is uh, another one of my pet peeves about River this movie. Slime. This is an amazing... Oh, this terrified me as a child. Oh, man. It's an amazing scene. It's an amazing set. It's beautiful. It's extremely Crazy expensive. oils and water, waters it's, and paint it's and stuff. And it's just about completely unnecessary. Right. This, this scene has no purpose in this, this plot. This actually... No, but... The, well, the, the river of slime is necessary to this yeah, but plot. Yeah, but at this, at, at this price, it's, right. it's, it's really it was, just... The, it was almost uh, the subtitle, in fact. It was also most Ghostbusters... 
river of slime. Yeah. But uh, that this train station actually apparently really exists. The well, uh, no, fashion, that doesn't look like that. But the right. the, 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 the old pneumatic system. The old pneumatic system yeah. was the the original attempt to make a subway yeah. in uh, in the, New York. Unregulated un, uh, attempt to make. Yeah, a it was a private citizen yeah. who literally dug, dug like, his own tunnel. There was something like that in L.A. too. That like now yeah. we have a metro, but at some point, like in the 30s, yeah, there was no, a subway in L.A. Well, there was the and it was like this. Wow, the red car, the red yeah. car. It was, yeah, the it red was a car wonderful a setup, and then it just—I I don't remember what it was, but I read a Judge it, Doom. Yeah, it, Judge Doom. You bought, recall. Yeah, just, <laughs> no, it was Doom's <laughs> entire lobby. Clo- Cloverleaf Industries bought it. Um, no, it's it, the tunnels. Some of the tunnels are still there. Uh, you know, under some. You've seen Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? He yeah. just gave me this blank look when I said that. <laughs> not enough times to know what you're talking uh, okay. about. Now. That's okay. the whole. That's the. That's it's, the e- it's easy to not notice that part when you're when you're. Yeah, young. However, just I did just read an article comparing Who Framed Roger Rabbit to the Source story, which is apparently completely different. Yeah, yeah. Who, who censored Roger Rabbit, which is sim- similar in some things, but definitely a very different yeah, story. Yeah, there was also um, I. I could. I, I saw a script for the sequel at one point. I didn't get for to Who read Framed it. Roger Rabbit. Yeah, it was going to be Who Killed Roger Rabbit. Ooh. Yeah. Who shot well, Roger Rabbit? I, Roger Rabbit died in the original like book. Yeah. yeah. He he actually he'd been dead the whole book. In fact, spoiler he'd been yeah. dead. Oh, yeah. Towers. He'd been the whole book, and, and, and who a cop- Roger Rabbit? It's about him. A copy of himself had been him, the yeah. had been doing it. Um, but uh, the the uh, let's see, there was about five leaps there we made there. But the uh, the Pacific Electric or whatever. Yeah, there used to be a, a subway, and there's still pieces of tunnels under some of the. It went right through downtown. What is now downtown with the skyscrapers. So a lot of skyscrapers were built, and their foundations cut huh. the tunnels. But there are still chunks of those tunnels under downtown, and you can still access some of them. And the and the ac- the ex- exit used to be, I think. It's been built over finally just a few years ago, but for years the exit was right by uh, the Bob Baker Marionette Theater where I used to work, where that it came out from underground and became a, a trolley car, um, and that sat there abandoned for for decades. Is that for the thing from Speed? Um, it's not in Speed, but uh, you see it all the time in uh, in lots of movies. They used to use that tunnel entrance for all kinds of movies. Uh, I, I don't recall. MacArthur they used it as a as a bunker for the the Japanese or something. I don't recall speed very vividly, mind you, but I remember there was a sequence where he he gets back onto the subway with Dennis Hopper, and then the thing leaps out of the street. Yeah, but that's the that's the new subway. Not this is the this is a long abandoned. I don't take the subway. I got a car. This is Los Angeles. What do you want from me? Thank God for the metro rail. I I love I love Janos's really artless. Like, all right, this is my first attempt at stealing the baby. Like, (laughs) this is the only baby I know of. I'm going to try and get this baby. So he just kind of shows up. He's again. He and he's he's sort of in his own other movie that the Ghostbusters are only barely in. Completely a different movie, practically. Yeah. I feel like I'm and, being and the funny one. I like this now one. this is now this is interesting because I always thought that this was just like a a, a thing, like a of a, a practical thing, but this is apparently uh, all com- uh, comped, including nice. the actual light on the wall, including the the light on the wall. Wow. Well, well done, guys. Nice. I, I feel like I'm being robbed of his accent. What's he doing with his voice? Huh? He has he has one of those unplaceable. He's, he's one of these. Uh, he's like, yeah, he's, he's it's one a very Borat kind I thought of I, accent. Uh, yeah, I was Bruno, in the, uh, the neighborhood, and uh, you know, because all this blackness. And they make no, a joke where they say, "Well, where are you from exactly?" And he the goes, the upper, the, upper the upper West Side." The upper West Side. Yeah. So right oh, on boy. cue, finally we're going to get Rick Moranis. That's like the yeah. short circuit. We're doing the same movie again. It's yeah. like the short circuit thing about the Indian guy. Where are you from? Oh, but Philadelphia originally. No, yeah. your family. Oh, Scranton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they literally brought everyone back for the big Ghostbusters two cavalcade. Yeah. 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 Oh, and, yeah. And, Including uh, Slimer, which and we'll get to. In a bit. Uh, Doesn't Slimer become like a big deal? Or was yeah. It, he the, became. Yeah. Had and the he, cartoon come out of the this car- time? Yes, because of the cartoon. The cartoon came out, and Slimer, originally the Onion Head Ghost, he became their pet because he was popular, and they called him Slimer. And so in this one, because the the cartoon and the original movie were so popular with the kiddos, uh, they. <laughs> 
they made like me. Um, they put Slimer in, and he actually he and Lewis like they're. I they're, love this little bit. They have here. a little shtick. Yeah. He and Lewis had a B plot that ended up getting cut. And Slimer, Slimer was was in the first Ghostbusters movie was a very soft just. He was a hunk of rubber that a guy kind of put his arms up inside, and he was just very squishy and very muppety, very cookie monster. In this one, it. one time I turned into <laughs> a dog, dog and they helped me. Yeah. Thank you. I <laughs> love the the judge, the cut to the judge. <laughs> his reaction shot is priceless. In this one, uh, Slimer is when you finally see him, he's 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 done exactly the wrong way. Very good, Lewis. Slimer. Short. Slimer is but done pointless. with a, with a hard armature with lots of little cable toggles underneath. So he's a very static, stiff statue with rubber on top that kind of wiggles in different ways. Oh, he's ways. very articulated. Though. It's and it's. Well, and, and it's completely awful. It's terrible compared to, you know, when Meanwhile, it used Slimer, to be a huge, big, fl- floppy hunk of foam rubber that would squish and stretch and do all kinds of things. Yeah. And this one, he's very clearly, look, we can do our animated eyebrow wiggles, which everyone was very into doing in those days. Yeah. Um, there's actually, as um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll post it in the blog. I'll find the link. But, but someone who worked on Ghostbusters 2 has actually was, was taking videos of behind-the-scenes stuff, like really rare and, and not, you know, no commentary or anything, just fly-on-the-wall stuff for when they were shooting the ghost plates. Like, so they've got, they've got um, um, he's got a video of testing the Slimer uh, puppet, like just, just inside of a, like in a shop. Someone is wearing the Slimer puppet, and they have her because it's a girl, you know, a little, uh, a small girl, um, and it's a giant thing because they then later scale it down. But um, kind of practicing this one motion over and over to try and sync like the expression to what she's doing and stuff like that, and it's really cool. And they also have um, the shooting of the uh, the Scolari brothers who we're going to see show up in a the little Scolari bit. The Scolari brothers, yeah, uh, as, news- in, as in Peter, huh? Yeah, what? as the, in Peter, Peter Scolari. No, no, uh, no the, Tony and Nuncio Scolari are whoa, their names. Whoa, nice! Um, Goddamn, Michael have Dorkman Scott with the win. Tony is the the skinny one, and Nuncio is the fat one. Um, <laughs> Nuncio is prettier. <laughs> yeah. For those who needed to know, if that. if anyone needed to know which was which, uh, Tony and Nuncio. But um, and he, but he's got they've got and and I have to I have to say it's not like I could have just pulled that out of my ass like ten years ago like they are actually labeled on the YouTube site because it shows them shooting both of them Tony Scaleri plates Nuncio Scaleri plates um, <laughs> I did know that before then but I, I, I you know I could have gotten it from them, I can't tell so. if you're offending or defending your audience. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell if you're yeah. like I'm cool because I used to know that or I'm cool because I know that now or I'm not cool because I used to right. know that not cool because I know that now. yeah. Um, and I read the Cinefax, but <laughs> yeah, there you go. There, there was a there was a cutaway there to the courtroom audience that was sort of like the central casting cross section of New York from 1989. It was like they have one of yeah. every type of New Yorker all in the same courtroom I love for this. some strange reason. I, of course, this is the the need line. Sometimes shit happens. Someone has to deal with it, and who you're gonna call? Now, they the, use uh, that in the trailer, but they change it to sometimes bad things happen. That's right. I heard and you know, they sh- you know they shot one take in particular yeah. for the trailer. Yeah. You know, for oh, kids. of course. I had a theory. And for TV. I, I heard a theory that the um, the most funny comic actor is basically waiting for a scenario where he can be himself in perfect in a perfect scenario where here's the number of things that you've prepared something funny to say about. How would you will yourself out of this situation? Uh-huh. And that's and, and it plays immediately into my understanding of Venkman from Ghostbusters 1. Where this it's has like, good tension, by the way, the sequence. This, uh, building yeah, yeah, the way it's building. Ghostbusters yeah. 1 has this feeling of, this is Bill Murray at his on his best day in a real situation. Right. So it makes me think, at some point in his life, Bill Murray's been pretty close to this just trying to get out of a parking ticket. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Yeah, but but I mean, you look at the problem is this movie. It, it's almost like you want this movie to be carried away by Bill Murray, and he's hardly in it. Like Ghostbusters one works so well because of of Bill Murray, and this one he's kind of just stands there and nods and smiles half the time. But uh, yeah, this is this is a great uh, intro of these characters because you're like Statler. What you're, you're <laughs> yeah. finally seeing? You're finally seeing ghosts again, and you're Marley like, "Holy and shit, Marley!" And I like the the uh, performance. They they come back being electrocuted. Now this is interesting because, of course, they were just on wires, so they just kind of did this action stationary, and then when they comped it, they did all the animation of them flying around and stuff like that. So I tried the they're also they're also Gave very them the chair. yeah they're very large. Uh, the the suits and yeah. everything are very big, and and so are the ghosts. They're like twelve feet tall. And this was this was actually a really big sequence. And 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 reading about it in Cinefix helped made it cl- make it clear what was going on because this was a movie that kind of like the Pirates of the Caribbean sequels. They were making up as they went along, and it went through a lot of changes. And it was the kind of thing like those those costumes, uh, the the. <laughs> Under yeah. estrangement order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry. Just, just from estrangement order. The uh, the the Scaleri brothers are actually very articulated to the point where they could do lip sync, like because they were going to be just kind of cussing out the Ghostbusters in Italian, and there was this whole crazy sequence where they become like twenty feet tall and be stomping on all the shit and stuff like that. Like, and and it got down to this thing where they just kind of fi- fly around and go. Rah! And it's like this incredible waste of money mm. and, and resources because, because they just kept adjusting things as they went. By the way, uh, speaking of uh, Winston from earlier, he has apparently fled the scene. <laughs> yeah. Wait, 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 <laughs> he wait. was here. He informed them that the guy's name is The Hammer and he has run for his life. He's not even in the <laughs> scene anymore. That's an excellent point. That's not anything I ever noticed before. <laughs> and by the way, his fists are not The Hammer. Yeah. Right. But, but it could well be, again, at the factor of, like you were saying, that this, this whole scene was sort of like, well, when we're shooting it, there may have been a whole reason why he's not there right. anymore that's no longer in the cut because it was just I dropped. love Do Ray Egon. I do. But, uh, I, but again, this, this gets... <laughs> I love his smile. <laughs> yeah, this almost gets back to the idea of this being the same movie over again. It is. Winston wasn't there when they yeah. beat Slimer, we've so seen, obviously he's not going to We've seen this scene already. This is yeah. the banquet room scene. We've seen them do this. And this yeah. is actually, a le- like, watching it uh, um, again after I read the Cinefix, I just watched this and, and saw the YouTube stuff. I watched the Scolari scene in particular. And it's actually not much of a scene. Like, no. like it's pretty short. In terms of effects? In terms of, like, It's everything. huge in terms of effects, yeah. but it's just... It, it, it's, it's another scene to me that feels like, well, it's a lot of sound and fury signifying very little. Yeah, because yeah. this is it. They, they come out, they yell, and it, then they come back out, yeah. and then they rope them and, and just there's trap just, them. It's another scene that's kind of like, well, you, you know when they had then they And there's no damage, ghosts, by the way. They, yeah. they, they were just protoning all over the place, you and know, there was and they no damage ghosts in the first movie. That was cool, right? So we'll do that again. Yeah. It was cool, Trey, and they should do it again. It was, yeah. That's all there is. You to know, it. Michael. The more I think about it, the more I think that the it would this movie could have kept almost exactly the same construction, but it would have been more. I love Lewis. He just no. He just <laughs> runs for his life. More sat, more satisfying if if we'd gone from the point of I, I still like the idea. I think this is the the first retcon of, of Ghostbusters two that I've heard that actually might have made this movie work better. The and, idea- and Ray is completely useless. You got yeah. it. Thanks. Yeah. That's yeah. That's an Good as job. you know, if ever we the, saw one. The idea of of uh, of 
the reason that they, they stopped being Ghostbusters was because they defeated Gozer and right. therefore there was no more paranormal activity. All Everything that happens then makes so much more sense to me character-wise. Right. Then, you know, Venkman would have traded on his fame and gotten a TV show. So-and-so would have opened a, a cult bookstore. Sure. So-and-so would have gotten a grant and done creepy, weird research. Uh-huh, and they would yeah. have gone their separate ways because there was no more ghost to bust. And then this gets them back together. And now for the first time, they have to put the packs on. You know, that all uh-huh. would have been so much more satisfying, you know, if that was if that was the setup. Without yeah, this, I'll give with, you that. Without this phony, we forgot five years ago that there was a giant marshmallow man on yeah. Fifth Avenue. Yeah. So therefore, what is the failing of Ghostbusters 2? Just that that point almost the fact that <laughs> just that there's no motivation for what we see on the they movie? just they just that, they don't justify the motivation they didn't well have enough. a story they didn't have a story they didn't have a script and as michael was just explaining even scenes they were like what happens in the scene well if you don't know what happens in the scenes because you don't know what your movie's about yeah yeah so that or the scene doesn't need to be in the movie so so if they're just like well maybe they no i know maybe this guy will do this and he'll say that and you know then it just means you don't know what movie you're making and that's going to lead to a poorer result yeah Oh, was look. That, was that a trailer shot just then? Back, by the way, I, hate, yeah, I hate the logo. I hate the fact that they use like, And why like, do they have it? I'm all for use it for marketing. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah, for, yeah. why for they have it on their vehicle. And stuff like that. But why, why the Ghostbusters are like, this is our logo? Yeah, there's no, no, no reason. Before, no. before we at that same conversation, I was having, and I remember having distinctly having a parking lot in conversation in the parking lot at Steve Johnson's on the Abyss when we found out that the logo for Ghostbusters. We've seen the Ghostbusters two logo, right? But then we found out they were actually putting it on the new right on the ambulance, in, and we immediately went, "What? Yeah, you yeah. know, we were disappointed before we even saw the movie. Was we that? Like, that's one of those things where you're. You realize even before the movie comes out, things are just this not is, right. This is not yeah, sounding not quite good. Getting this. Are there all? Are there often uh, circumstances? I don't know if you guys have experience with this. Circumstances where you can kind of tell based on like one just extraneous piece of information about a this movie. Is, that's in this production. is where I know this guy from, by the way. I've seen him since. Not these two, obviously, but and this is a reference to a scene that was cut from the original Ghostbusters with this couple in a hotel finding Slimer and dealing with him. This guy. This is he's yeah. The Ghostbusters too. Also done lots Walter of Peck. lots of yeah. stuff. Yeah, are, there, Walter Peck. are there often uh, a chance when you're just finding out extraneous pieces of information about a movie in production where you go, "Oh, that's not going to work." Now, yes. I hear they are running a red light, which comes from later. Actually, the, the running a red light and reactions comes from uh, a little bit later after they've examined the Vigo painting. But I'll I'll talk about that because oh, so I read the novelization. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. But it, yeah, it was it, it, similar to um, in the first Ghostbusters, the bit with the uh, floating ghost who who fillets uh, Ray. There he yeah, is. Yeah, and this is a so much less good Slimer than in the original movie because yeah. he's so obviously rigid with with you know cable stuff going yeah. on. Wow, wow. Can't even close his damn mouth. Yeah, there's there was like I say, there was a whole subplot where he was trying to he was trying to trap Slimer himself. Like he was yeah. he was so focused on doing it so that that has a payoff later when he's like, "Fuck it, I'm a Ghostbuster." And again, but, it's like we we've seen we've seen this ex- they did this exact same montage in the first movie. It's, yeah. the, it's the good times montage of look, we're trapping ghosts and we're on TV, and even a clip of her watching them on TV yeah. Yeah. is part of that same montage. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, yeah. Uh, Oh, here we go. Now this is a this is one of the few scenes that actually is is fun and uh-huh. makes sense. Is, you know, is important to the story. I and, love that, and is is actually a fun little scene. It's a great little scene. I love the dancing toaster. Yeah, I love the things that Egon says to it. Yes, he, he, his, his, his the very version, his version of an insult, <laughs> unstable, short chain molecule. Uh, a weak electrochemical bond, and watch his face <laughs> after he says it. I'm like, yeah, I got it. Oh yeah, <laughs> told that thing. <laughs> Guess you've been told. Yeah, and they're like, whoa, whoa, Scaleri. <laughs> Stop. 
So that's it. I mean, this is, you know, we've actually gotten into what the story is. Yeah. We're, we're, now, we're now 40 yeah. minutes in and the movie is now yeah. essentially and the movie starting. Yeah, which yeah. is where we, we could have skipped, if we wanted to, we could have skipped all of that. They're not Ghostbusters anymore. This could have been just the beginning of the new, you know, right. d- back, you know. D- I love this, this. This morning at the Ghostbusters. I love this, this bit where have. he comes onto it and has the negative reaction. Like, the slime is like, I'll scream rape. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it touched me. It touched me in my slimy part. And yeah, the toaster is, uh, the toaster's fun. The toaster is fun and a great little bit of uh, you know mechanical animation. Yeah. Although you do see the uh, the little well, piston sure you see the little pistons. So you can't you can't not see the pistons. But so is what they're doing now going to pay off later? Is there some yes. bad guy oh, that they get away yeah. with by just call, like singing lullabies to it and stuff like yes, that? Yes, actually, yeah, it's, it's actually this is actually plot. Finally, for a change, we're seeing a plot thing that we need to know. That yeah. actually, actually, and and as as this component of the plot the whole idea of the slime and the negative vibrations and so on i'll give it that it works fine yeah it's, and, it's, and it's for some good that, comedy yeah. that, that's a that's a perfectly serviceable one magic bean concept. yeah and, yeah. The, and the payoff especially is, for the 80s this well, is the it, base this is the basis of the plot that right. can work yeah right. in, a, in, in a movie that's about ghostbusters i mean you pretty much can assume that the you know the supernatural is is a given um and and here they are they they are establishing something and they're going to play by the rules of it later that the yeah it responds to emotion um, which right now, predominantly in New York, is negative. So negative right. things are happening in New and York. Obviously, New York is known for its negative <laughs> emotions. Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently so. So, I almost wonder, like, just just uh, Bill Murray's reaction is so mm. almost genuine. There, like, I'm like, did they tell him what was going to happen with the toaster? Because <laughs> yeah. he's just looking at it like, what? <laughs> yeah, he would. He probably would have known because there's a guy under that table That's at the true. other end of that cable. But that's the kind of thing you live for in in the prop shop is to get to make. Whoa. Is to get to make you know a, a, a prop like that. It's like I'm going to make a toaster that you know can leap and dance and and spit toast. Would that last shot have one have been on string because he clearly lifts it off the table and there's nothing underneath? Oh it. no, there's a there's a no, there, it's, it's the little the little feet on it magnets? are little pistons. No, they're little yeah, pistons little that just shoot oh, out. Oh, so it's just a little and go pew 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 pew. Oh, that's cool. You can see it. And it's got a very very thick thicker cable than most toasters have coming out of it. So it might even be pneumatic for all we can tell. But it's true. Yeah. So you know it's but it's as like I said as they go. No, you don't have to hide it. You just build it. You just don't have to hide any tricks. <laughs> I do like this bit. This is a good little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bassmasters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know Bassmasters. Yeah, <laughs> You and Bassmasters, man. Yeah. Watch those all the time. Even we, the, uh, we that's, a, that's the moment he was like, I was Maury Povich. My God. Yeah. <laughs> even, to the, even to the point of that's a nice moment. You know, running out of having weird ideas and just like sort of arbitrarily, you know, Dana, the concert cellist, is working at, a at the art museum restoring art. Yeah. Because, well, well, well because she is. They okay. need to get her the fuck in that, there for the painting. Maybe even more so than anything else. That one thing seems like something that changed in the like the, like the the treatment process of the first movie. Yeah. She could be, she's arty of some sort. She's a yeah. violinist. She from, works, she's a curator. She's something. From my understanding of, um, and, and especially looking at a lot of uh, behind the scenes footage and stuff like that, a lot of the stuff with the painting, especially when the painting moves, is actually a weird kind of forced perspective where it's actually the dude in front of a backdrop and just kind of the way they framed just it, just angled and, the right way. It, they, it was no. angled the right way to look like it was just a flat pl- painting. Mm. Yeah. So here, here uh, once again, uh, Peter McNichol is going to kind of steal a scene from Bill Murray, and that is not <laughs> I easy love the to way do. He, he shakes everything about him. That is, is just so amazing. not easy to do to 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 be on screen with Bill Murray and and hold your own. 
It, yeah. it kind of makes me wonder that I wonder if there was a draft. Was there a draft before Sigourney Weaver finally agreed to do this where they're like, yeah, so so there's a new chick and she works in the art. You know, there's a whole painting subplot we've got going on. So we're going to the new love interest is going to be this girl who works in the. Oh, Sigourney's available. Oh, then let's make her the girl in the art. Oh, man. Thing. You know, I, bet I have no that, idea, but it feels like that. No, that makes there. a lot of sense. Yeah. That explains pretty much. And we'll just everything. explain why she isn't. With a him, concert yeah. cellist anymore, and why they're not and why together. they're not together exactly. No, I bet I bet you're probably right. They, that probably was how it uh, yeah. how it was. It's, it's, Sigourney's on the phone again. Okay, two million. Click. Yeah. <laughs> a week later. Okay, three million. Sigourney. Click. Four million. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ding. We got to stay. On. Well, you work at the museum now. That's right. <laughs> Just so you know. Your character is totally different. You're pregnant, and you have to act as if you've never met Bill Murray before. <laughs> so it's like a new character. I lo- this is good timing too. He's like, he's like, something weird's going on with the painting, and then they turn around, and fucking, he's if, like, I'm sorry, I'm so- there, I'm not with them. What okay. if five years? What if five years later? <laughs> this is basically, it's it's taking the same sort of general direction as this one, but it's yeah, an extension of it. What when if I five first years- watched, when I first watched this movie, I had to go pee right at this point, so I actually <laughs> didn't know this scene was in the movie until like my second oh, wow. viewing. This is another scene that. Terrified me yeah. as a yeah. child. It's, what, it's, what? You don't want yeah, a bathtub that eats babies is is a scary idea. What no, if there was some sort of a global paranormal cosmic event going on where five years later they're all in different places? One of them lives in Portland. One of them is, is doing field work in Czechoslovakia, and like there's like all these people. Are, and then at some point, one day something happens that causes them all to have to deal with paranormal stuff at one point, and they kind of get in communication with each other. And goes something huge is going on right now. And it's it's more of a statement. I mean, it's basically this movie says they're five I, I, years. I'll put I'll, I'll I'll put this out there. That would be a much better stinger than this one has. <laughs> that would be a much better pre-title hook. What do you mean uh, stinger? A, 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 a hook right at the beginning. That, that of moment the, where everyone is dealing pages. with their own thing on various places. The and, first and, the first two pages, and then just there, we we see a couple things happening, and then some fucked up shit happens, and then the theme song kicks in. Now, like that that moment. But go ahead. Isn't go that ahead. how the movie starts? Well, I mean, how is that well, different? From well, how no, the movie but starts. I'm saying no, I'm saying his version of it where it's. Where it's well, something that happens in freaking Belize it's, and, it's literally and a global South Africa thing. and stuff Whoa. simultaneously. Is this how you take care of your baby? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Depending on what you're going to do with it at the time. But if you're going to... Now, the problem with that, though, is as much as <clears throat> as much as Ghostbusters are Whoa. paranormal Now, this, this movies, is very much recycled blob technology. Not, not the best comp there. Um, no. This is recycled blob technology. This is pretty much a lot of the stuff we had just done the year before on the blob and a lot of the same techniques <laughs> being what used. What the hell is this? <laughs> I mean, as much as these are movies about ghosts and paranormal, they're also New York movies. So they're as much about That's New true. York as they are That's about true. ghosts. Yeah, I think, I so think you can't do what you do with Indiana of, Jones. Yeah. We're like, okay, this one will be in Asia and this one will be in South America. Yeah. As For them to be Ghostbusters movies, they still have to be in New York. Yeah, taking Ghostbusters out of New York would have been, no, a, been a well, probably a mistake. Well, they could come back to New York on page 10. It's true. You could do something like that, but to... You don't. Maybe, have, you don't have, I just don't understand don't, how it, if they're geographically separated, what that brings to the story. I mean, they already are separated. Just, they're just they're, they're still in the same city. No, but just that's he, how the story starts. He's, already. he's saying just that the, um, um, you don't have. If his, I understand correctly, it's it's just just upping the stakes in terms of the scope. It's like it's something so big that it didn't just happen in New York. It happened everywhere. The epicenters in New York. The more I think about it, the more that seems like a Roland Emmerich film. <laughs> it does. Yeah. What's like? What, what sort of films has Roland Emmerich made lately? I'm totally fine with if the Ghostbusters had shown up in 2012. Ghostbusters 2012. All is forgiven. <laughs> I see they were really? having us on the whole time. Yeah. John Cusack just comes to a stop. The Ghostbusters yeah. and the music swells and there they are and it's like oh it was although all although I have to say the cameo in Casper not happy with that. Okay, now wait a second. You know why? Because he ran away. 
Uh, do you remember? It, no, I don't there remember. Was a can- I've never Dan watched Aykroyd all of Casper. In, in the, well, you don't have to. It's in the first 10 minutes. You're like, I made it too, okay? Yeah. Um, I've only, well, I've they're, never they're, deliberately watched it at all, so I've never seen the beginning. They moved into the, uh, they moved into the mansion, right? The, the Casper mansion, and there's ghosts. So they're, they're trying to do everything they can, and they've got uh, Father Guido Sarducci goes in there and tries to do an exorcism. <laughs> like, there's a bunch of references to, to characters, right? But at one point... Is the atomic point, weight of Cobalt 58.9? Sorry. I'm no. quoting. <laughs> they rounded. Yes. But um, uh, at one point, Dan Aykroyd, in, uh, kind of, kind of uh, uh, inexplicably, with a mustache, uh, comes, comes <laughs> running out of the house. Because it was clearly just a one-day cameo, and they were like, hey, we know you like squirreled away this equipment and stuff like that because you're obsessed, like I am. But um, so, so can you come out and just do a one-day thing as a Ghostbuster? So he's like, yeah, fuck it, sure. So, he, so at one point, he comes running out of the house with his proton pack on and stuff. He's like, who are you going to call? Someone else. And then walks off. And I was like, fucking Ghostbuster wouldn't run from that shit. Yeah, what the Ghostbuster hell? would not put up with a single thing that the Casper <laughs> ghosts yeah. were doing. Like, please. But uh, So I was never... I, I liked that he showed up, but I was like... It doesn't fit the character. That, that, that's not right for the character. It's yeah. a joke at the expense of the character. Yeah, Let's go back I'm not for cool a second. With that. I feel like this could be really interesting. Let's do a, a one and a half minute scriptment session for Ghostbusters <laughs> 2, starting with, okay, in the first three pages, they're on all different countries, they're doing a whole different thing. Well, I disagree first, with that. First, I disagree with that. Well, no, that's not necessary, but, wait, but, but I see said, the point. What you said was the they're first separated. note is, what you said is the first note is they have to be in New York. It's a New York movie. So how do we get a movie out of that? Uh-huh. How do we get a good Ghostbusters 2 with the majority something of the movie. global is happening? Go. Uh-huh. What do you got? Well, why is it, what, what's why is it, it, it got to be global even? I, I mean, it could almost happen with, I was talking with, um, uh, I, I mean, I've gone, I've gone through different ideas for Ghostbusters 3, <laughs> definitely. But um, I mean, Gozer was global. It just centered in New York. Yeah. You know, Gozer was presumably not just going to destroy New York. She was going you know to continue. You, you know what you could do to raise the stakes globally but still keep it in New York? How's that? UN. Something at the UN. There you building. go. The UN. Get there you there go. Say, um, the UN somehow. Well, um, how would they know about the UN, though? Huh? Well, I mean, is, it, is it draining out? Is it draining out bad energy? Well, no. It, it could be some. It could be some worldwide phenomenon thing, but that is still like the center of the, it. Much like that, the building in the first one. Or, or and, and, and we, I should say, go ahead. You, I was going to say that's not a bad idea. I mean, just to, you know, we're we're not. We haven't got, you know written the script for six months and spent six months developing it. But the UN also might. You know, that's an area that if you want to go with that idea that, okay, fine, they're the Ghostbusters and it's not, it's not, they're not discredited. They're the people who saved New York, but they don't have any power at the UN because of all the diplomatic immunities in the different countries who go, we don't believe in your Ghostbusting. There's a lot of comedy there. Here's the, here's the idea, which is, I think, actually a good idea and I should have brought it up before probably, but the idea for Ghostbusters 3 that's been floating around, the general idea um, well, well, just just uh, si- simply put, in terms of what can you do that's new with these characters, the the story in the first one and ultimately the second one is something bad is going to happen. The just ghost world is in tr- the Sorry. yeah, the ghost <laughs> world is in true. I do love that the ghost <laughs> world is in and and he's um I, I'm going to start that sentence about twenty times, but that's that's a uh, Rasputin. That's very oh, similar yeah. to Rasputin. Very, it's very much the way they had to Rasputin. kill him about twenty times. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. and he would not die. And he would not die. But uh, the concept for Ghostbusters 3 was well what do you do well now the Ghostbusters have to go to the ghost world like they right. go over the to the only thing I've side. heard about Ghostbusters 3 which I love is the idea that the the George Washington Bridge I think the, whatever bridge goes into New Jersey has become the bridge to hell right the concept was Ghostbusters in hell and the working title was Ghostbusters Hellbent 
We are we are so dating this. Um, but yeah, so Ghostbusters. But I love the idea of New Jersey being held, right? Which is obviously. But I think I think that may be the way to to go, like almost the kind of thing where in the in the in number one, you put the Ghostbusters out of their element. Yeah, and then number we we just said it has to be in New York. No, 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 no. Well, it's still New York. It's just the hellish (laughs) version of New York. (laughs) The the well, it's like it's not New York. It's Newark. in In the first one, they stopped. Um, they stopped the crossover from happening. In the second one, or third one, I guess, they don't get to it soon enough, and the crossover at least starts to happen mm. uh, at some significant uh, level, basically. And they have to try and not only stop it, but also undo it. Um, I was uh, I, I wrote a Ghostbusters 2 script fucking, oh God, 10 years ago. And uh, uh, 11. And um, uh, I've... I've a couple of times I thought about doing a new one, and one of the new versions better, was, but not many. Yeah, <laughs> one of the new w- versions was this: this basically city of the dead shows up in in Liberty Harbor, essentially, and they're like, uh, and <laughs> nice. and like like all these ghosts start swarming, like basically immigrating into New York, and they're like, we can't, like it's this isn't just ghosts showing up, and we can bust them, like. This is a big thing, so they have to go into the city of the dead and do something about it. Yeah, but yeah. Um, <laughs> that sounds almost like mixing MIB with Ghostbusters. A little bit, yeah, or or Super Mario Brothers. But uh, <laughs> what? That was the plot of Super Mario Brothers. They were trying to they were trying to recombine the two dimensions. Yes. Is there a plot to Super Mario Brothers? Yes, there which we, we should do that. As it is, there it is. Um, uh, anyway, uh, that, that scene that we just saw with him examining the painting, uh, Ray. And he has kind of a moment with the painting um, in the original script and in the novelization. Um, and presumably they shot it because because portions of it showed up in the montage. Basically, Ray gets possessed by Vigo straight away. Which afterwards. he does briefly at the end. Which he does briefly at the end, which apparently he's just really susceptible to that. But I guess <laughs> they cut it out because he starts just driving through red lights and stuff. And they're like, oh, you're being crazy. And he's like, no, I'm being Vigo. And they're like, holy shit. And I, I don't remember what they do with that. I think he even crashes the car and then comes out of it and is like, oh, well, what happened, guys? Um, I guess they cut that because they're like, we don't really address that again <laughs> until the end. You think they would have locked his ass up and not let him get involved anymore. But he's all over the place in the rest of the story, so I guess they just dropped that. Hello, Sigourney. <laughs> yeah. Could do a whole scene, you know, moist in a towel. I approve. I approve this message. And you know how movies are made. This took a whole day. So yeah. Someone's job yeah. was to glycerin her the fuck up. Yeah, it's just pretty cold, I imagine, by the end of this day. Woo! So once again, he has to woo her all over again. Yeah. Do we, do we already, it, she seems she seems fairly open to it at this yeah, point. It doesn't like, seem, it seems like the wooing has already been taken care of. And again, it was it wasn't even a struggle. It was like show up and be Ghostbusters, and okay, now you're all awesome well. Let's, again. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I want to get well, back to this. She I, is I, wet. I, I feel like this is a really cool Ooh. thing we can do for people yeah, that are interested it. in this. So, in terms of continuing on with our UN version of the movie, what makes okay. a sequel work versus its original? Because admittedly, to, the two the two sequels that work better than any other in, in cinema history are Empire and Godfather Two. I, I don't know aliens, Godfather 2 well enough to do aliens. this. And Aliens. There you go. There you go. Terminator 2? Where it's literally just – it's not a redoing, which this is. It's yeah, – the it's, story goes on from there. It's not like those people all died the well, second half of the film. Well, it's an extension. Yeah, it's yeah, an extension. So what, what happens after it's Ghostbusters? It's a story worth telling. And, and, and we st- it's, it still may well be. I mean the difficulty factor is and the difficulty factor for many movies that are sequels is that they really just shouldn't exist. That's the reason. It's like there's no good story to be told. The universe just doesn't have another story in it. Yeah. I mean, I mean – Most this, good stories are origin stories. You see a lot of – Exactly. Well, I would 
actually disagree with that. I don't really. Uh, I, I tend to dislike origin stories and be like, "All right, you showed me where they came from. Now show me what to what they're gonna do. Well, it, it, show I, me why." They're okay, doing. it sort of okay, depends okay, because that works. That's good. It, well, in terms of compelling storytelling, and I've, I've used this line before, is that you know, in terms of a story that chances are is going to be interesting to watch, becoming is more important is more interesting than being. You know, the mm-hmm. story of the story of how Barack Obama became president is so much more interesting than anything that's happened <laughs> yeah. since he became president, even though his his presidency has been interesting. Well, well I, think what, it, I think what Dorman was just saying is that origin stories are only or origin stories are fine because they work but the interesting story is why were you called to be that so I right. guess the question is then well, what are the Ghostbusters uniquely I mean, qualified I mean, it's for like, it's like we were talking about it's like we got 40 minutes into this before the plot really got it yeah. really took off and it's like okay we got the origin story we don't need the origin story in this one we know right. how it works they've got the proton packs they go after ghosts and they go in the trap great now what you know start right. me there yeah, and that's that's the movie that that you should one of the guys in the stinger uh, capture a ghost. Should one of the guys be like fuck and run to the truck and get or, the thing and capture yeah, yeah, no, it and, and said we've got this ghost let's interrogate him or there's something nothing like that. wrong with the construction of this movie. It's the setup. It's the underlying plot. That's you know it's it's fine. It's it, it opens with you know the 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 gotcha. Wow, it, that's a hell of a magnifying glass. It opens with the it opens with the giant you know rock rolling down and trying to crush the hero. It's like oh my gosh a baby carriage loose on the streets of New York. And it's exactly the same setup as the first one. But that's okay. I mean it's okay to say the ghosts are back, which is what that sort of says. It's just this underlying justification for. For why they're for, not Ghostbusters is, anymore, this, is, this doesn't make any sense to me. This is a scene that actually made me aware of uh, pan and scan because when they show this, when they would show this yeah, on this TV, hard get on rid TV. of the widescreen, they cut back and forth between them. Yeah, uh, throughout that scene, and I would watch that and go, "That's not how that played yeah, out." That's weird. That's not like I don't, I don't. And then I'd watch it again. and I, That's when I came down. So they would just jump cut back and forth, left yep. and right in the frame. Yep. Yeah. Well, well, that's because because they were so far apart that you basically yeah, couldn't there's no see way to frame that. It was two separate two separate shots essentially. But this was one of the first uh, VHSs released in letterbox format. Yeah. Hmm. First so. movie I ever saw where I was aware of that was uh, was uh, Chinatown. Ah. Because so. Chinatown, there's like two people sitting in the back seat of a car, and it's like uh. cut, 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 and it's like what? that can't that it's, it's even you know it's the ugly. Pacing just it's ugly. Yeah. It's ugly cutting. You know, it's like that can't be how that was. It's, oh, of course, it used to be a widescreen film, and they they were just sitting there in the car, the two of them. The thing about a sequel is it has to do two things. It has to raise the stakes uh-huh. of what you saw in the first movie and justify the raising of those stakes. So you're not just it, it's like if you, if you want to talk about 2012. Say we talk about 2012 as a sequel of Independence Day, where the, okay. destru- the destruction is even greater. The destruction of the Earth is even more so. Right. But it's not. Okay, that's, that's, a not, bad that's not enough to justify, justify a sequel because it's like, right. well, yeah, you can blow up more stuff. That's what sequels usually do. I mean, the simplest example is, as we said before, you have Alien. Yes. And then there's aliens. Right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> there you that's go. actually a great example. You're raising the stakes, but then you have to justify it. It's, it was like if instead of aliens was justified the way it is, if it's if instead aliens was it's the same ship and a crew that is essentially the same, you know, right. you get yeah, another and, and, the the and they get chased by the alien. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, now, actually, and here's another thought. I mean, I'll throw this out there to the room, to the, uh, to the think tank. Um, what if Ghostbusters 2 was about how Bill Murray and Dana were together, and therefore he didn't want to go back and have to bust ghosts anymore. That's a, well, that's a B plot. That's definitely well, as a B plot. I'm yeah, saying, as opposed absolutely. to them retreading their relationship all yeah, over again. Absolutely. What if the setup, what the setup of, was that, that gives us plenty of requisite Murray? Yeah, and what if the setup, that's good, the setup that, was that she, you know, she doesn't maybe she doesn't want him to because right. it's like, well, we, you know, we have we a, have a kid, now. we have a kid, and what if you and die? Then, and then we get the fantastic third act break where he's like, you know what, I got to strap gotta it on. You know, and she and she would realize, yes, you do. Yeah, you know, that would be the. But the problem with that is, oh my god, that's. 
That would be so much better. But the problem with that is you get two acts where Bill Murray is not a Ghostbuster. True. Exactly. And that's a problem. I don't know if that's a problem because as long as he's funny, number one, that's cool. Number two – Well, these guys are learning more and more and keep coming back to him and going blah, blah, blah. And and number two, the the whole thing is you're sitting there being like, be a fucking Ghostbuster again. So when he does it – And the justification is because it's their son that's in jeopardy. Their their son is kidnapped and their son is the MacGuffin of the whole thing. That's why they both have to get on board. Speaking of a very personal connection. We've so totally saved this movie. We yeah, just go well, back in time. Well, one of the, one of the things you're it. just saying is that one way to justify sequels to have the bad guy be bigger. But here's an interesting way. What if this it is a smaller, smaller bad guy? Well, well he well, is. I don't know how. I don't know enough about this movie that, and this may factor in because you said that in a cutscene, Ackroyd gets possessed. Yeah, uh, I love. I love this. They hear the echoes, and then Winston tries to do it, and th- <laughs> this is fucking scary. Whoa, what if uh, in, no in, no echo? Hang and on. then but, but yet another like, Winston. What a fucking freak out! Yeah. But, <laughs> like I would. But yet another scene that really doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> or have any justification for being in the movie. Right. I mean, there's just scary stuff, and then there's a ghost train, but what does it lead to, and what does it mean? It doesn't right. actually advance the plot in any yeah. meaningful right. way. What if in our in our, in our but sequel... It's a, scary, you know, it's a scary throwaway scene. Now, I'm not denying that the scene itself works, but, you know, what what movie is it in? I don't right. know. What if they need more sequel, of that. They need more, it needs more scary in this movie, I think. We explore maybe. two interesting themes that have historically worked well in movies. One is the, uh, the possession of a friend and the intervention theme. And two is the Joss Whedon, we have to convince someone they're wrong, not defeat them thing. Where one of these guys, maybe it's Egon, maybe it's Spengler, that'd be cool. Uh, gets possessed in a situation Spangler where Spangler and Egon are the same, just so you know. Egon Spang- oh yeah, I was, <laughs> no, fuck. I was, I was thinking. Uh, right. He gave a choice, Egon or Spangler. Egon, yeah. stop that! I was thinking <laughs> it'd be interesting if one of them gets possessed in a way where he's he's kind of consciously aware while he's being possessed and just disagrees with the Ghostbusters and uses the Ghostbusters knowledge that he's gained to help see through the cracks of things. And Ooh, the three guys, a car dissimulated by the boar kind of a thing. Exactly, where the, where the guys have to figure out not only how to get their friend back, but to how to stop this thing that the friend is allowing to happen. Mm-hmm. So and and how, this whole thing, and, and the how to th- maybe, or something like that. And how to think outside the box of what they've done before in the past. Because we, we, we know what happens when you make the same movie twice, you get Ghostbusters 2. So right. in this universe where we have already seen Ghostbusters yeah. 2 and are writing Ghostbusters 2, we want to avoid Ghostbusters 2. Right. I think, I think it's... Uh, you know, it's very true. You want to raise the stakes. I mean, we just said this, uh, or I just said, this movie needs more scary. It needs more scary. It needs more funny. It needs more action. Like, yeah. it needs more, needs more ghosts. everything. More <laughs> yeah. ghosts. Way more ghosts. Mm. My goodness. Like, we hardly even... We we see them bust... <laughs> Did you catch the number on that locomotive? Yeah. Sorry. I missed it. Boy, Ernie Hudson... Like, seriously, how often do they bust out the proton packs? We see them use it against Court the Scalini brothers. Yeah, why didn't they even bring them? They're looking for ghosts down here. Why don't they bring yeah. them? But the... Boy, Winston, uh, boy, Ernie Hudson was uh, perilously close to doing a 1920s, you know, blackface kind of thing. Oh, I do believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. They might be spooks down there. Although they do reference, they're like, um, we should get the proton packs. Yeah. Like, How about uh, that yeah. for an idea? I, wow. Now that you mentioned that, I, I remember thinking at the time. That thought occurred to me. I was like, why did they not? They're, they're, so, they're so scary. There's so much danger. And they don't have oh, <laughs> yeah. bring their proton packs. They don't even They've have their PKE out, for God's sake. I mean that uh, you know that's the kind of thing. It's like they seem to have forgotten how. Th- th- I mean that's the main thing. It's like you you come back in and you want to see. All right, these guys have a system. They get how right. this works now. They've got the PKA out and they know how to you know how to read it and blah blah. blah There's blah, a learning blah. curve involved, and yeah. they're at this point. They're at this point, and then something happens where they're like the. Like, right. like, like, there's the there's the big bad. Like, there's raising the stakes. They're like, we get this f- up to this level. Right. This is way this beyond. Guy is so far above yeah. where we are at. Yeah. yeah. Which would be hard to do with Vigo, even though I 
I kind of do – like I've never had a huge complaint with Vigo because I'm like, well, if you're not going to do Gozer, what else you – like it's got to be some – it's got to be some big bat. There's a villain. I've never had a problem with Gozer either, uh, with Vigo either, but I, I always assumed that was just because I grew up with it yeah, and, but you know, the, but it's he, just grandfather claws. Yeah, exactly. He is smaller than a god though, although he ref- he's he could be a god. Like the idea is that yeah. he becomes a god. But no one asked. He's like <laughs> – yeah, he's like they, they, they defeated – last time they defeated, you know – uh, Zeus, and this time they're fighting Hitler, basically. Right, Ghost right. Hitler. <laughs> it's like it's just yeah. it's not it's not as big Ghost a deal. Hitler Ghost at Hitler at the UN. At the UN. Oh my god. There you go. A lot of people, there you go. A lot of people have, have since suggested something like Cthulhu for, for Ghostbusters. Yeah, so that yeah. could be cool. Yeah, well, I, I, there, no, I, there was a lot of Lovecraftian uh, elements and, and even a an episode called Collect Call of Cthulhu on uh, the real <laughs> Ghostbusters. I don't nice. want to seem like I'm beating a dead horse, but I feel like we found a spot of interest here with our with our Ghostbusters 2 scriptment. Where we've got Act One, we've got Act Two. Where now one of the guys is possessed, and they have to convince him out of the whole thing. Well, Act Three is is Bill Murray coming out of retirement and, and, and doing and it. Although, although I feel like the the because because what he said about the him coming out and it's their child in danger and stuff like that, like that drives it. I feel like we've actually also got a Ghostbusters Three in the works a little <laughs> bit here because that's because that's a separate thing. The one of them goes over to the dark side, basically. Right. I don't think I don't think necessarily we want to do that on in two, but maybe in three, that's a place to go with it. Yeah. Yeah, Wouldn't it be nice if we could write a pair of sequels with both in mind before we oh, start sure. just fucking oh, writing them? No, of course. I mean, <laughs> that's what you ought to do. You ought to sit down and be like, like I feel like if you feel like your 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 story could have sequels, you should at least go. All right, what What's, would these be? And not I, have it be like a pirates thing or or I guess a, a prequels thing where no, this whole thing is one big story. Just have it be so that the next story has all the little little footnotes in the first movie, so that when you go back to watch it, it seems cohesive. exactly. You have to you have to at least have an idea of where you're going, so you can be like you know, because you're not going to know when you write the first one. You have to at least write down. An outline, of, an outline of the third one and go like, oh, you know what would be really good if I could set this up in the first one and then put that and this is Which uh, obviously of, they couldn't do with Ghostbusters 1, but they could set up stuff for Ghostbusters 3 with number 2. A lot of people will disagree and a lot of writers go, I like to just find where – but personally, I They're believe – I, I, <laughs> I have come to believe in the study I've been doing of writing that – but when you start, you have to know where your story starts and where it ends. And you have to know the ending when you begin because it's a road. It's a journey that you're trying to take your audience on. Are you distinguishing on. between story and movie? How do you mean? I'm well, saying, you say well, when your movie, movie starts or when your whole saga starts and when it ends. Well, that's that's the thing. Is If if you're making a movie and there's even this thought in your idea. I like idea how she's trying so hard to like bang him. She's like, a lot hotter in Ghostbusters 2 than she is in Ghostbusters this, 1. I like, yeah. I like the reversal pots, of normally, you know, normally the guy is trying to seduce the girl. Right. You can cut like, away from Neo getting dumped into the goo into this. This has got to be a, a three degrees This right is here. gnarly. Three and degrees? They, what do you mean by three degrees? The, the temperature. Like, it's freezing. Oh. They shot this in winter, and they're covered in fucking goo right now. Yeah. This and is and a, from what I hear, they had to shoot this twice. This is not a comfortable scene Ooh. for these guys. Yeah, they, they shot that. Yeah, they, this is method acting right here. <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's get this. How let's did you prepare this. the role when you were covered with purple slime? I We hated the slime. slime. Oh, um, I, bet I don't did. think they had any trouble playing irritable in this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was not a problem. If if you if there's an idea if you're doing a movie that's you why there's think not there's much coverage in this scene. yeah it's a wide it's a wide and a close and that's it and a couple of inserts yeah. if if you think there's a possibility of sequels and you think that this thing might turn into a saga yeah I think it's your responsibility to decide to just put some books what, in there. what is the logical end of this ultimate saga 
And uh, granted, it's tough. Like this, yeah. yeah. Uh, granted, it's tough because you have no idea what the what's going to be a hit. Well, and what is isn't. it is it fair to say that every sequel that has failed in one capacity or another has just been a failure of imagination or a failure of <laughs> requirements on the part of having a sequel in the first place? Does it seem like one of those Sometimes, things where yeah, yeah it hasn't I think extended so. the story? It's the kind and of any thing, failed no. sequel is just didn't really have anything else to say. That right? Was it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like yeah. why did you why did you do this if you didn't have anything a sequel to add? That's, right. A sequel no, that's just pitching in for no purely as a business thing as a studio like oh that made a lot of money. Let's make more of that that people will go pay for, pay to watch. And that's because studio people, again, as, as Jerry Seinfeld so famously said, entertainment is not their field. Um, you know, I, Marketing I, is their field. I've, yeah, exactly. You know, the people who, people who run studios nowadays, you know, generally, with some exceptions, but generally are business people. They, you know, they went to business school, and they, they don't see there's any difference between marketing a new Ghostbusters movie with marketing a new car for this year or a new refrigerator. You know, the, the, um, the, the line is, you know, the problem with movies as art is that they have to be a business, and the problem with movies as a business is that they're an art. So, you know, a studio executive can have a very hard time not getting why Ghostbusters shouldn't have a sequel. They were like, but it was very popular. Yeah. Of course we should make a sequel. It yeah. will make more money, therefore we should make it. Well, yeah. here's something that interests me is that but artistically there probably isn't an, a story to tell or you know they didn't come up with one in this case. If you gave me and who knows in a, in a vacuum where Star Wars wasn't this huge thing in all of our lives, if you gave me the screenplay for a new hope or maybe not the screenplay. If you gave me a new hope, <laughs> if you gave me Star Wars and said, "How do you write a sequel of this?" Even I go all right, well, I want to see this kid's kind of training as becoming more of what he wants to be. And all. And well, the logic of those things seem like all the obvious things to do, and yet Empire is this glorious sequel that's perhaps better than the original, and yet it's the obvious choices. Is that just because it was an open-ended story to begin with? Not necessarily. I mean, if you look at if you look at just Star Wars and you look at the ending of Star Wars, you go, okay, well, logically there's more to this story because the logical conclusion of this story is... become a Jedi did- like his dad. That and they defeat the Empire and they overthrow the Empire. And that doesn't happen at the end of Star Wars, so obviously there's more to that story. That's a very obvious example. Darkman was in the bathroom, so I want to real quickly go back into You're that. You're not supposed to fucking. I'm <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I know yeah. that. I know that, but I want to get That's your insight. Don't look behind away. the curtain. Hans, I want to get your radio, not TV. I know that. I want to get your insight. And Darkman, I love your hat. I, I want to get this insight onto this thing where. Uh, he is wearing a lovely hat. Uh, uh, God, it's amazing. It's I'm not really wearing tall. a hat, you guys. It's a joke. <laughs> oh, see, now there you're Just doing it. All right. Anyway, just roll with me, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, I denied. You're not supposed to deny. Anything. I'm totally naked, and I have a prehensile tail. By the go way, on. By the way, for those watching the movie, yeah. um, she's about to go uh, talk to the baby. Anyway, go we, ahead. We were talking about how it seems <laughs> like it seems like if you gave me Star Wars and said write a sequel for this, the the, the logical sequel is Empire Strikes Back. What makes you'd be the, surprised? What I makes mean, the there's, logical there's sequel? Splinter of the Mind's Eye as well, which was written yeah. for Empire. It was a book that was written. Is that a TV novel? Yeah, essentially. That's the very first one ever. It was a book that was written, that was commissioned completely without Lucas's input. Um, yeah. as a sequel to Star Wars. I, I actually it. haven't read it. I liked it. It was because I, I, I was, it. you know, when that Star Wars movie came out, I was like, "Ooh, now there's a Star Wars book. I'll read that." Well, but well, it, it totally, it's totally contrary. It can't even be retconned into into submission. It, it has nothing to do with what is now the EU. What we were saying is that it seems so obvious. It seems like I love this joke. This is a hilarious joke. Almost fifty percent of us voted for you in the last election. <laughs> do the math. That means one of them voted <laughs> for the mayor. Anyway. It seems like the obvious choice, and 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 yet. For one reason or another, Empire is 
Empire and then Ghostbusters 2 is Ghostbusters 2. Like, is it just because Star Wars the movie was more open-ended than Ghostbusters was? I would, I would say, like, there are no... Is it just that it was a universe film? Yeah, I mean, you say you say Empire is the obvious choice, and maybe that's true, but I mean, there's... Not all of, of it, but Luke becoming a Jedi sure, sure, sure. is at least but the one you go I mean, with. there's a lot of obvious, what you could call obvious choices in Matrix or whatever, and like, like where do you go from there is the question, and, and you can look at it and say, well, obviously you need to do this, that, You're, you're looking at it with some benefit of bias. Yes, well, yeah. and Matrix didn't do it, but but uh, like the problem, I think I think the challenge with Ghostbusters, okay, this may be twofold. Number one, there's no, there is no obvious choice for Ghostbusters. For Ghostbusters, because there's nothing oh. next. It's like okay, they're established, they're great, because there's no saga. And then, yeah, yeah, exactly, which you could potentially create, like you can introduce something to be paid off in three, and then you've got yourself a saga, right? Like, but, like with pirates. Yeah, or even Star Wars, practically, although yeah, that true. has the, the defeat of the Empire, like you said. Real quick, but, get to number two. Huh? Get to number two, because I, I want to go off at number one, but you, have, you said you have two points on this whole thing. Uh, point number two is that Dan Aykroyd is fucking insane. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the pro, I mean, the, the real thing is, like, and again, I, I, I read the Cinefix on this, and I actually got more insight into the story development process from there than almost anywhere else. Um, in Cinefix? In Cinefix, yeah, because they were talking about how it was so difficult to do this because the story kept changing and, and some like of the original tr- concepts versus et cetera, et cetera. And like the original story, it was going to be like uh, fucking Dana got caught in a fairy circle in fucking Ireland and they had to take this underground uh, tunnel that, that was 2,000 miles long and it yeah. took them a week to get there and stuff like that. And it's like – what? Yeah. Like, what the hell are you talking? Yeah. And and Dan Aykroyd is crazy. Like, that's just all there is to it. And and Harold Ramis is the one who comes in, and fixes it. Right. Yeah. Bill Murray's brother. Yep. Right there. Oh, right, right there. Right there. Right. Bill Murray. Now, and and let, may I point out that we that again we're just retreading with some with some cosmetic, you know coats of paint on top. We're retreading the first movie still. We have a meeting with the mayor. The mayor and you have trying to convince mayor the mayor. blows us off. Instead of instead of putting him in jail, they're sending him to a mental institution. But it's wait, 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 wait. How do they end up in jail in the first one? I can't believe I'm the one asking this, but I've had a lot of champagne. So how, uh, how Walter Peck puts him there. Peck does it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say it wasn't the mayor. Do you but, feel like in well, se- but, well but, but the but mayor, Peck had to go to the mayor. The, right. Peck, do you, do you Peck feel convinces like, the mayor that the, and now we have the new guy who's being the Peck. Is there a chance they felt clever? This is pretty by the way. Is there is there a chance they felt clever like we're, oh, it's a mirror of the first one. We're geniuses. No, no. no. I, I think I, it's just I, I, care. I, I think at a certain point, like like, it was probably the kind of thing, and you you almost see this with with stuff like I mean, people have accused Avatar of basically being the same movie as Dances with Wolves, right? Yeah, it's but, it's but, the kind of thing. It's where the same it's like, as a lot of movies, right? Here's a story I want to tell. Where's it like like it's it's almost it's almost cheating, but as long as the story is interesting, I love how he's playing with the and hurts himself, but um. Yeah. It's it's almost cheating in the sense where you're like, all right, I have this interesting world, and I kind of I, I have a general idea of the story I want to tell. So you gank a structure that that right. from somewhere else, and you just use that yeah. to kind of hang your elements on tvtropes.org. And, right, yeah, and exactly. that's and that's how you do. But but there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think as long as you're telling a new thing because it's like yeah. you know, okay, so so Avatar is Dances with Wolves. Well, Dances with Wolves took place in whatever the Civil War, yeah, and yeah. Avatar is. Dances with Wolves with fucking gunships and aliens. Yeah. I'll watch that movie. <laughs> You're damn right. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, you know? I mean, from a folklorist perspective, I mean, there's different, you know, dra- dramatist perspective. Right. I mean, you know, the, the, the numbers vary, but, you know, dramatists and folklorists will say that there are only like 47 stories. 
That's Campbell yeah. would say one. Yeah. Well, no, no, there's more than there's, there's more there, than the hero's journey. It, there are more stories. It depends on who you ask, but it's, <laughs> there's like three or six or twelve or forty-two yeah, or something. There's, I have one called the thirty-six dramatic situations. Right. And really, when you read, you know, when they're broken down to its barest points, you really go, yeah, that's that's pretty much all the stories there are. That's that's it. I and mean, the rest are just sort of if you do something that doesn't at least follow one of those things, then what you've got is a collection of scenes, probably with stuff blowing up. Yeah. Which uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, now here's by the way, speaking of the, the sort of hodgepodge nature, I just want to point out that this scene always, of all the scenes that are just kind of like clammed together, this one is such a so left, left field. Like, <laughs> why is he in a flying baby carriage with his arms stretching out? Yeah. I mean, this was clearly like an, a Hail Mary idea yeah. of this has nothing to do with anything whatsoever. Yeah, it's this is this is completely breaking, kind of breaking its own rules because it's like, wait, wait, wait. How does he have the power to do yeah. this? Like, and how he, does he? He just what? asked Vigo for the. Yeah, I want the woman, but you know, he comes and he takes the baby by flying as a. He's dressed as a nanny, and what does that have to do with anything you know whatsoever? You know, it's hilarious to me again reading it from the uh, the Cinefix. This this portion came from um, uh, Harold Ramis was writing a script, and uh, the the script involved this baby that became like super intelligent and started kind of walking and talking and stuff like that. And what str- what struck me as so hilarious was he was basically pitching it as a horror movie. Like, that was the scariest <laughs> idea bet. he could come up with. That is and pretty he was, scary. He was just like, I just thought it was... but the, And that's why he didn't make it. He's like, I thought it was just too that's why, terrifying. That's why it baby, be done. I was like, oh, oh, wow. That's why Baby <laughs> Geniuses is so scary when you watch yeah. it. Yeah. Trey, oh, if someone wanted to read more about the 36 uh, basic stories, where would they find that? I'm sure, I, I forget, I'm sure they thought this was funny, by the way. I forget the... Yeah, I'm sure they thought it was funny, but they didn't give any thought to like, what does this mean? And what is, yeah. why is this happening? And what, what, is, are, this, what are the rules here? What does this have to do yeah. with anything? Um, it's, I, it's, it's literally a little book I have from, uh, it's a book about uh, drama, and it's called, I believe it's called The 36 Dramatic Situations, so feel free to look it up. But you can the, go to the uh, Word Player blog. I believe yeah. we mentioned it once, once or twice before on the podcast. But uh, Terry Rossio and uh, what's the other guy? Ted Elliott. Ted, Ted Elliott. Elliott. They're, they're, Pirates of the Caribbean guys. The Pirates of the Caribbean. Aladdin. And a bunch of other shit. Sorry, guys. Aladdin and a whole bunch of other things. Um, but they they have a blog, and it's one of the links on theirs. Again, uh, again, uh, a uh, a callback. Like this is. This is the, essentially the same speech they give in the prison yeah. about the, the ancient that, Babylonian your girl. Is that the guy that's Bill Murray's brother? That's, yep. that's Brando Murray. Brando yeah. Murray right there. It's weird because, he, A, he looks like Bill Murray, and B, I recognize him from other shit. And C, he's lots of stuff. C, yeah. he's actually younger than Bill Murray. Is, is. he really? Yeah. Really? Yes. Wow. He's wow. In, uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he balded faster. Yeah. He's in Groundhog Day. He's uh, the yes. mayor in Groundhog Day or was some uh, city official in Groundhog Day. He's in Caddyshack. Don't look at me. I think these people are completely nuts. He's been he's been in a lot of Bill Murray's movies, but he's been in other movies as well. Wow. Ooh, paper. It's like twenty. It's like, that's the twenty fifth sequel of American Beauty, right there. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know the most beautiful thing I've ever seen? Serious this. fucking this business. Seventy billion papers. Do you have any idea me. how complicated your circulatory system is? <laughs> it was like they were all dancing. This is with a hard. This is a hard shot. I mean, they, they've got. All the wind machines in New York, and they're Steady following her all the way yeah. up the up the. It's like when you watch Aviator, and Howard Hughes is like, "I need twenty six cameras. We need twenty six fans. Yeah, we need a jet <laughs> we engine. We need to create a gigantic hurricane and the Metropolitan Museum of Art, or whatever this is." So yeah. now I want to go back to what you were saying about the thirty six dramatic situations, really quick, because if you get even more fundamental than that, what you need for a story is a character who really wants something, whether it's tangible or a person or whatever. And More or less, yeah. They, essentially, it, you need a character who really wants something, and then something to get in his his or her way, and yep. then to overcome, and then to overcome, and that's your story. And so there are only so many 
things in the human experience that a character will want desperately enough and only so many ways you can justify those things. And then only so many kind of genres of obstacles yeah, you can I mean, put, ultimately, there put in their way. Ultimately, this gets you back to the man against man, man against nature, man exactly. against self right. thing. Yeah. Exactly. I, I the, mean, ultimately, the, people will, will rail about originality and stuff like that. And to an extent, that's nothing true. Nothing is original. To an, extent yeah. that's, I, I, to an extent, that's true. But to another extent, it's like if you made something truly original, like no one would like it because would, it would be yeah, unrelatable. Exactly. Right. It's like yeah. when someone first came up with the idea of doing something other than a drone chord for harmonics. It's like, that sounds... If you go, if you went back into the 1600s and played them Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen, they'd be like, this sounds exactly like shit. Right. They'd be like, I have no, I don't have any frame of reference for how this is supposed to be. It just sounds terrible to me. Right. You, you can't introduce new stories to people because it would blow their minds. They would, they would just not accept it at and all. It's, it's, not just, it's not that you can't do new art forms or that everything has to follow some rigid structure. It just has it's to just, slowly evolve. Well, it's just that, or, or it's that, you know, you're not... It you don't have to, Well, it doesn't have to be... You're just you're not making, like, like not all ideas are all things. Like, do, here's my idea. You know what that is? That's a song. That That's an idea. That's a yeah. song idea. Here's my idea. That's a play. Okay. That's, yeah, this is my idea. That's true. a novel. Your idea is a novel. Yeah. You know, they, they have formats and there are structures. I had those jammies. I had those Winnie the Pooh jammies. Oh, that's awesome. Little, but, you know, so... It, <laughs> it's not that you? Not from this, not from this movie. It's I Michael, just happened to have the exact same jammies. <laughs> so it's yes. not that... It's not Although that, mine were blue. It's not that everything has to always have these, you know, follow these exactly rigid structures. There's plenty of room for, for maneuvering. And you know, I like the song. Song that's playing right now. Eugene Levy and Andrea yeah. Martin, by the way, are both Second City, uh, Second City well, alumni and with with Harold Ramis and uh, and uh, Cannibal Girls, which Marantis. was on the uh, which was on the um, uh, marquee. There is Ivan Reitman's second movie. There you go, and so with, with they were in it because it's right. a Second City movie. So um, Trey, you were saying novels, plays, novels, plays, whatever. Um, by the way, I'm just saying. And now here we're retreading the Oh my God, the ghosts are overrunning New York City montage right. from the first movie. As a matter of fact, this sequence was going to be in the first movie, and it was too expensive. This mink coat thing, in particular. And the, wasn't the um, like the Titanic arriving? Wasn't that originally going to be the Hindenburg, Hindenburg in the first movie? Yep. I don't know about the first movie, but it was no. originally going to be the Hindenburg. Okay. And then they made it the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Which and, and, it, and it's actually very detailed. Like yeah, there's seaweed and dripping stuff. And oh, oh, really? this is Tippet, as a matter of fact. That's right. It, is, it does. It does Tippet. That does make sense because the Hindenburg actually landed and crashed at New Jersey, Jersey. Right. New Jersey yeah. Yeah. Uh, several hours away from New York. So. Yeah. Which wouldn't quite make sense. And Titanic was trying to get to New York. Yes, so. the Titanic yeah. would be more appropriate. So we were saying just that uh, you know, I don't. It's it's. I don't think it has any negativity against Avatar whatsoever that it's like Dances with Wolves because it's like no. 500 other stories. It's, right. it's all in the telling. It's like, you know, it's all in the telling. It's all it's in the how context you of yeah. what you do. It's, 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 all, it's the details. It's the specifics. We've talked before about it's Cheech. the specifics. Cheech. Yeah. That goes back just then to our... Uh, Better late than never. It's funny. We, uh, later in the history of Down in Front, you'll hear the, the Titanic commentary. Or maybe and we talk about, We don't know. We talk about how in 1985, they found out what the Titanic's damage actually was. This yeah, is 89, and yeah. that doesn't represent the damage they've they knew about they've, at all. They've, they've done the giant, wrong damage. Yeah. It was just it's Ben Stein. Hole. Hey, it's Ben Stein. Fuck you. It was Ben Stein. Fuck you, Ben Stein. <laughs> yeah. God, didn't that guy ever have... Dark hair. <laughs> I knew where you. Strickland. I knew you were evil when you wrote for Nixon. Yeah. yeah. Not only Ben Stein, but we, we entered this scene. We had a guy who's been in a lot of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson movies. He was the lead of uh, Hard Eight, and uh, and uh, he's been and this guy and a bunch of others. Um, was on uh, 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 Mad About You, right? He was one of the main characters, I think, and also yes, Brian. Yeah. Here's, yeah. A, here's a cookie. The, the toady. 
Yeah, yeah, the toady that we've been, yeah. that we've seen. Yeah, he's been, in, he's 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 that kind of guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's actually, um, well, he's not. No, he wasn't the he wasn't the buddy in Mad About You. He wasn't that guy. But uh, no, no. But okay. uh, he's in a movie that I love very much, uh, Miracle Mile. He has a, br- a brief cameo in Miracle Mile, which is great. Um, we haven't even touched on, and, and I'd like to well, before we get into our big uh, kick-ass slimy finale. Um, we haven't even touched on Peter McNichol. Um, it, my favorite Peter McNichol role, museum toady guy. Yeah, museum toady guy. V, he's Vigo um, from the Upper West Side. If you haven't, if you haven't checked out Dragon Slayer, and make sure that you don't get Dragon Heart by accident. I'm talking about, <laughs> I'm talking about Dragon Slayer. I'm talking about the movie that was made out of ILM not long after Star Wars. Um, Wasn't it nighttime and now it's covering up the sun? It's anyway. yeah. Well, you know, like, like they knew what they were doing with this movie. But Dragon Slayer is a. Uh, uh, Made by a lot of uh, Star Wars folks, um, and Peter McNichol was the star. He is the, in fact, the Dragon Slayer. Um, a very, very, I think, fascinating. And it was the movie that in which they invented Go Motion, um, and the dragon is Go Motion for the most part. Um, it's go a, Motion being stop motion where it jiggles to make motion blur, where the where it's it's computerized stop motion where you actually in those days you would move. You, you would pre-program the stop motion, and it would actually move while the camera was being exposed, so you, you had motion blur. No. So, so anyway, Dragon Slayer is, um, by all means, go check out Dragon Slayer, because it's a very subver- – it's great. The effects mostly still hold up. It's a very subversive movie, um, because it's all about religion and politics. Um, it's got a whole bunch of religious and politics uh, subplots going on in it, and it's got a kick-ass dragon, one of the best dragons ever done on film to this day. And Peter McNichol and is the star. Lightning. And yes, the great, guy. great lightning. It's a very, it's a very dark, um, twisted kind of movie that I, I love very, very much. They, I like that they're a Starring slogan. Peter McNichol. Their slogan has been shortened from "We're ready to believe, believe you" to "Straight we up, believe you. we believe you." Yeah. Whatever no, you're going to say, we'll believe you. I um, which makes sense from from the private sector perspective. They're like, you know, whatever you want to say, we got a forty dollar consultation if you want to tell us how you were abducted by aliens. Yeah, we don't sure. care if it's true or not. We will come and visit you. Sure. Happy to. Now, uh, earlier I thought it was interesting that the the suits they were wearing were like a dark gray, which is different than the tan that they they've, wore in the they, first one. They've ones. gone back and forth. But now they've gone back... Okay, have they been going back the fourth through, through the entire yeah, movie? Through the movie, okay. they've been going back and forth. It was okay. a big, it's a big thing because I've made Ghostbusters props for Halloween and such, um, <laughs> and there is actually a thing where you... you there, there's the there's the khaki ones, which are kind of classic ones, and you right. can go either way. And then there's the dark gray ones, which are just the Ghostbusters 2 ones. Okay. You'll, you'll um, notice in Serenity, Malcolm Reynolds is wearing darker clothing than he does ever in Firefly, Brian. Not a, well, well, it's not unlike how there are, color there are actually different versions of Luke's lightsaber. In right, the star. Right. It, there's a difference between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. No one noticed that, is that in the movies, but the fucking nerds, you know, they know that, say, and they know, know the funny. difference. Between I, I'm not going to lay down any judgments. No, I'm not either, because I'm totally, I, I know the difference. I'm right. just saying. Anyone that yeah. happened to be listening to this that was normal is now gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need to. We also should point out that uh, just wow, uh, look at that. While we're talking about casting, um, our 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 villain, such as he is, who who really has you know so far our so far the the ultimate threat to the universe in this movie has done nothing but make a painting bulge. Right. By the way, we should point out how dangerous our bad guy is. Yeah. Ninety but minutes in, almost, he, and uh, he's, this, made, this, he's made a he's deformed a painting several times. Yeah. Our this bad is guy. the second time we've seen the proton packs. Yeah. But. He uh, just, uh, if you like your trivia, the the villain, the, the actor playing the villain, um, was one of the terrorists in Die Hard, one of the more faceless terrorists in Die Hard. You see him, uh, but you recognize him if you know to look for him. He's got a little ponytail. He's the that, guy. that's interesting. He says save them because their proton packs aren't doing anything. And earlier they mentioned that the proton packs have a half life of five thousand years. years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So we can go forever. Trey, I feel like you got yeah. cut off earlier when you were talking about the zeitgeist and how, no, this idea should be a novel. This idea should be a song. This should be a play. Yeah. 
Do you recall where you were going with that, or is it, been, I, that is it was too the, far gone? That was the idea. That was the that was the gist of it. Is you know the 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 real problem with you know sequels with movies is sometimes the idea that the original movie had that was it. That was the end of the idea. You know, yeah. it wasn't a saga. It wasn't a you know it wasn't a series of stories. It was a story. And when you told, as you were saying before, the the generally though, generally speaking, to be relatable. You know, you can make a movie about all kinds of things, but to be a relatable, basic story, lovely uh, anamorphic flaring. What, uh, yeah, what, what, you know, it, it, a, flaring, a, a story but. is about a person or people who want something, and the story is whether how they go about getting it, what gets in their way, and whether they get it or not. That's that's a story, and as soon as as soon as the story, I just want to say when I was when I was really young, I was confused. I thought they were going to ram it with the Ecto One A, but <laughs> <laughs> I see I what they're it. going for. Yeah, but you know, the, your story is over when the characters get or don't get definitively what they were trying to get. You know, either they succeed or they fail. So on those very simple terms, then a A movie or a B movie becomes, do they get it? Do they not get it? Right. And then are they happy with what they got? And as soon as they have either gotten it or absolutely not gotten it because they all died if you're making a tragedy or whatever, your movie is over and you need to roll your credits immediately right. or as soon as you can because everything else is filler. Now, as to whether once you've told that story about the people who wanted the thing and whether or not they got it, is there more to the story, or yeah. did you finish it? That's that's whether or not a sequel I, is actually. Valid. I think your I think your point is very good about definitively yeah. did not get what they wanted because right. if they it's not definitive if Vader just goes off into the ether and the Empire is right, still there. Right. It was you got yourself because, a sequel, right? Because Rebel Alliance, what they want is the Empire to fall, yeah. and they don't have that at the end of Star Wars. Ergo, yeah. they, have, they have won a victory, so it's a satisfying enough part ending to that particular story. Yeah, but, but there's right. more. The, there is room for more. Yeah, but if the end of you know at the end of a movie where everybody dies. What's the sequel? Yeah, exactly? I've heard people saying, uh, for example, people are like, "Oh, they're going to make a sequel to The Departed." I'm like, "No, they're not." Yeah, <laughs> please. They might make another New York crime story, but yeah. you know, they're not. It's not really a sequel. Uh, that's not how big the windows are on no, the top of the. They're much much the smaller. Statue yeah. of Liberty. I actually remember. Um, at some point, going Wait, to the Statue of Liberty, smaller than oh, way smaller, oh, much much. You smaller. can maybe so get your face into them. So the Statue of Liberty is way smaller than I thought it was. Yes, it's not, oh it's yeah, not that big. the Statue of Liberty is way smaller than you think it is. Absolutely, I, I remember learning how how big they actually were and being very disappointed because I had this image right. of that size in my head. No, everyone does. I mean, they they had yeah. the same thing in Cloverfield. Like they they've got the the scene where the Statue of Liberty right. goes rolling down the street. Yeah. They're like, it's about twenty percent bigger than the real thing because yeah. in people's heads, the Statue of Liberty is really, really big. And when we did it to actually scale like from the blueprints it or whatever tiny. it looks small interesting now the now the one thing okay this doesn't make any sense even accepting the magic of it it's like all right i can accept that it can make the the toaster bounce and stuff like that but it is not going to create anatomy for her under the rope like she should points be of articulation she, yeah she should yeah. be bouncing up and down down the street if we're yeah. gonna do it that way she cannot be walking and you see her knees under yeah, the okay, well, which is anyway. which is which is what's funny though is i was just about to say this is about the only part of this movie that i think <laughs> was worth doing and is Valid, uh-huh. at least captures the fun and the spirit of the first movie. You know, and, <laughs> yeah. and you and you miss. They've seen some shit tonight, and you miss that. you miss it partly because you're not getting the music, which is uh, what are they doing? Your love has lifted me higher. What song are they playing? Yeah, yeah. Yes, higher, higher. Did I miss something I where she just blew Rick Moranis? No, no, she just dressed him in the suit. I, it's um, pretty clear that she, at some point she probably at least she, gave she's him a blown him once or twice before. But but uh, but this scene where you know they, <laughs> they and they've sort of justified by you know the slime and the positive and the music. You know, it makes a toaster dance. It can, you know, if it can make a toaster dance I buy the you know this is the piece of magic it's one piece of magic to me if it can make a post- toaster dance it can make the Statue of Liberty walk around he's got the earmuffs and it's a it's a it's a good satisfying fun scene 
to have the Statue of Liberty. It's it's the one it's the one new interesting concept they've come up with in this whole movie is instead of a giant monster walking down the streets of New York, this time it's it's, it's, it's a them. tame monster okay. under their control. It's the one good idea in this whole movie. Um, is that the you know, I'm and, with you, Trey. I love this. And it's I badass that the you know it's it's this part here with the music going and everything else, and they're you know they've gotten they're back on top again. You know, and it, it's the the Statue of Liberty is going to come kick ass. I mean, that is that's a great idea. It's the one good idea in this whole movie is this sequence. And then they don't do anything with it. All she does is walk up to this thing and hit it with her torch. And then later you and see her over. you see her lying there dead. It's just co- totally misused. But for two minutes, the movie works great. So unfortunately, the answer is I want a sequel. No. Yeah. Uh, Go make another movie with the same actors and the same director and writer and have fun with it. Do something else. Guess what? And then Ghostbusters is done. Sometimes the right answer is done. Film by Ivan Reitman and you'll make most of them the same amount of money. uh, Quite honestly, there is more you can do with the Ghostbusters. It's not a. Does this bring us to Ghostbusters 3? It's a universe movie, so to speak, but I think there is a universe. There are more episodes. There's there's more episodes, exactly. There's there's more that you can do with these characters and in this world. Agreed. Absolutely. It's worth saying that at this point, Ghostbusters three is still a figment of a. I think they're doing it right now. Idea, but do you guys do you do you have faith in the idea that Ghostbusters three could work? I think it can work. I've I've heard some things that a lot of people are like, oh, that's gonna suck. This, but I'm this, like, I believe, remember being a particularly unimpressive bit of Slimer puppetry. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the bit that you can actually see them uh, 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 practicing. Yeah. Although it's it's more uh, more they needed lots of practice. Yeah, there's, I think there's a shot of him in the end credits where he's wiggling his eyebrows, going, "Look, I have cable operated." Eyebrows. Yeah, but um, anyway, go ahead. Oh, our villain might do something other than deform a painting. Yeah, any second now. Ghostbusters three is currently the script is being written by a couple of writers from the office. Great lineup there. Um, and uh, you know it it involves a new team of Ghostbusters to replace the people who have gotten the the originals who have gotten too old. Yeah. Um, and and there are rumors that uh, the Judd Apatow gang is getting involved with that and I'm we'll like we'll all see. of those things sound good like it actually sounds good to take the script out of Aykroyd's hands basically because <laughs> yeah. it's like because because like like Lucas with Star Wars I think he's probably too close he's too close it's the kind of thing where he's like he wants to make the movie he always meant to make and not the movie not the continuation of the movies he's made you know that's where, a, that's an excellent distinction that's a good way to put it yeah Ghostbusters 3 would be like the weird kind of B- bizarre off the wall movie that it was or that Ghostbusters originally was as opposed to what it developed into ultimately. Um, whereas whereas these there, other guys, we, the we buzzing of flies to him. Mm-hmm. He's Vigo. You're like the it's buzzing the of flies. And then, and then the great payoff where he's not even there. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So Will you again, him, please. For, for they five... actually apparently did that uh, rappelling down from the yeah. The it was ceiling, definitely them. Way, and you know, and again, it's a great idea that 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 again for for five whole minutes now this movie has worked. You know, <laughs> it's like Jesus only had ninety minutes think, of wrong choices to get us to this point. I think the ending is good, but again, I mean, we talk about uh, we talk about Vigo not doing much, but we don't see Gozer till the end of Ghostbusters either. You know, well, but we see but we see but we, elements of what. Fair we see the stuff leading up to Gozer. Fair and enough, Gozer, but, and Gozer you but, the, know. but I think the problem is, is that, you know, the whole point is Gozer is the worst thing of right. all this building activity, and Vigo's been here the whole time. And, and that's it. It's a question of, anything. like, well, what does Vigo do exactly? What does he threaten to do? Right, you know, right. As, as someone well, you see, Trey, just before his head died. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't see, well, yeah, yeah, death is but a door, time is but a window, I'll, I'll be, be back. back. As someone, Real scary. As someone but. pointed out about it, is it the Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four sequel where they... they have a fight with you know what's funny I didn't even read the subtitles earlier because we were talking over them I literally remember that line yeah. off the top of my head anyway but they have a fight with Dr. Doom and they and they destroy the city and they kill him even though 
in the story, he hasn't done anything. I mean, it's another one of those cases. Yeah. It's like, what was the movie that we were watching ourselves here recently where it's like, oh, it's a Phantom Menace. Yeah. Where yeah. The bad, bad guys, guys are bad guys, but they don't do anything bad the yeah. whole movie. Not one single bad, evil thing justifies what happens. Yeah. I mean, Vigo hasn't done anything bad. He's just yeah. utilizing what's already there to come back. And the threat is he's going to do something bad. But right. really, like... What is that? Well, of course, he, you know, he did, he did fire a rocket launcher at the LAPD on yeah. Nakatomi <laughs> Plaza. So, you know, screw him. In fact, I guess he'd already done it by this point. Um, he'd done it like a year earlier. I will say, I will say, I mean, my friends from college, we, we quote a lot of movies. And I will say, for whatever reason, a lot of more Ghostbusters 2 quotes are in our rotation wow. than Ghostbusters 1 quotes. So I can't believe he can withstand the wait, wait, Like what? Like what? Yeah. There's, yeah, uh, there's not a lot of quotes. Buzzing no, of, no, there's a lot. Flies buzzing and, of flies. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I will admit that uh, I, flies, I will sometimes yeah. pop off with, everything you're doing is bad. I want you to yeah. know this. That's Because that's useful. The, uh, yeah, that is good, yeah. The pizza yeah. line, um, Thai, Chicago, uh, pizza, but think about how dish, many. Uh, think about how many original Ghostbusters are, are not even references. They're just vernacular terms. Yeah. Cats and dogs, living together, mass hysteria. Yeah, it's got to be the whole thing. It's got to be the whole thing. And then, uh, I've always loved how the baby's just true, like, all right. Yeah. It's true, sir. That guy looks Farrah like Kurt Russell no with, with Rockstar hair. Yeah, he's got Farrah Fawcett's hair all of a sudden. But he lets it down. It's all pretty. Yeah, and here we get to the point where they're actually – they are going to defeat him with lullabies in, in a second or two. Or I think it's all Lang signs. <laughs> yeah, Kurt Russell and Jackal with a Y. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, so, so here Bill Murray gets this whole long speech, and he's not even that funny. Yeah, sadly. unfortunately, he's not. And it's they, just very awkward. They sort of a run, way to do this, and they sort of run out. Yeah, the poor Sigourney Weaver stand there pretending to be tied up in a piece of hose, and everyone else has to sort of do this "I'm paralyzed" thing. You know, it, it seems like it really seems like something they just sort of came up with on the day. Okay, what if what if you're all just paralyzed and you can't move? And the funny thing is, you look at this like again from a from a story and just like character motivation perspective. What exactly is Venkman trying to accomplish here? Like, <laughs> like if the slime if the slime becomes out in Southern California's beautiful yeah. San Fernando Valley, if the, if the slime where becomes, we are right now, yeah, and if the slime right. becomes more powerful with negative emotions. Yeah, well, what exactly do you accomplish by pissing off Vigo? <laughs> yeah, that's a what good are you point. thinking? Yeah. yeah, and why is he? You know, he's he's one of those uh, Carpathian. That's a good little moment. Yeah, that that was good to great. get with the baby the, leaning back. He's one of those Carpathian he's guys like who shoots evil rays out of their mouth. Yeah, uh, which is apparently his secret superpower. I don't mean to end up summarizing the movie. The Who's in Whoville are singing. Yeah, I don't mean to. Summarize. And there's the dead uh, Statue of Liberty. There, yeah, it, it just the... fell over. I hope it didn't crush anybody. Without summarizing the movie, summarize the. Yeah, there you go. There's the oh, 2012 God. moment where Jesus half Christ, people guys, go, go, go. Without summarizing the movie, summarize the story. What has happened to the Ghostbusters in this movie? They have stayed Ghostbusters? They were broken up. They came back and became Ghostbusters again, and their business is going well. That seems to be okay. That seems like an all right sort of summary. Sort of, yeah. I mean, I could see a movie wherein that's the story, yet it works. Sure. That, that, well, yeah. that's what I was saying right at the beginning. I was like, there's a version of this that works where they went out of business, business at some point, but I right. don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on what Poor the difference Sigourney is. Poor trying so hard to make this work. And to, to, to be like, I'm in this movie. And... I don't know. Everything just seems to take on a different m- different additional layer of meaning after 9-11 with this yeah. whole, like, oh, New Yorkers are going to be nice to each other. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but after 9-11, everybody in New York was very nice to each other. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was an unex- It was very much like this. kind for Perhaps us, I was yeah. a bad American for thinking of this at the time, but I thought of Ghostbusters too. or 
Well, I was. Well, I didn't. Yes, think you was, were a bad American. Well, Indian. I just, oh, you know. I was. I just sat there and I was like, "Yeah, those American flags. Where were those before? And where are they going to be a month from now?" Yeah, you know? well, that's true. But this this idea of like we're not going to be asshole New Yorkers to each other yeah. anymore. We're going to be, be cool. nice. We're be so, so after all this rigmarole, if he's going to possess a baby, he could possess Ray anytime he felt like. Yeah, it. you know. Again, it's sort of like I love. I do love this. What's bit the logic of this exactly? Th- this random, completely extraneous Z plot with fucking uh, Rick Moranis, with and Ray. this isn't this oh. isn't even really satisfying. Like, there's no set. Like with Gozer, there was the satisfying. Don't cross the stream. Yeah, twenty the, minutes well, in, it was and a, now because it was a character moment. Yeah, it was like we're it was them. We're we're going to sacrifice ourselves to save the universe. Right. That was that was what made that resonate. And this moment is just like we're going to shoot it <laughs> we're going until to shoot it, it stops. We're going to shoot it until it's dead. Yeah. And and I think there's a you know now that I'm looking at it there's another there's another missing ingredient where I, yes I can see the value it's not it's not the worst thing in the world that the crowd I guess because it's midnight the crowd spontaneously began singing old lang syne although why they're singing it around a giant you know, slime covered museum. Yeah, there's a uh, fucking ball over there. Dick Clark's been doing this for a thousand know, I, years. Yeah, they, like. they, they, the party's not in Times Square this year, <laughs> clearly. But I think, <laughs> like, for example, it would have been good if Rick Moranis or someone who had the, no, it needs, po- you understood the positive vibration angle and led the crowd. You know, give, yeah. give, give the yeah. character, you know, get, hey, listen, everyone, it's, you know, it's midnight and get everyone to sing. You know, and and then thus, yes. thus helping. Happy New Year's, everybody! That would have yeah. at least helped a little. I agree, that would have been great. But, and it I mean, it's not been- bad that they spontaneously came together. I see what they're trying to go for there, but I just think it would have been better to get, have one of these characters be the one to go. You know, yeah. we got to focus positive energy. Yeah. That's that's yeah. what we need right to do. because it would have been one of the main characters doing something, yeah. as yeah. opposed the to characters- it just happening around them. Exactly. Yeah. None of the characters are doing the the actual doing of the movie. Yeah, it's just happening. They're just waiting for an and opening, they and they, they shoot their the stuff. Area. They shoot their and, rays, and, and it's over. And by the way, yeah, exactly. And we haven't really uh, addressed it, but another. I mean, he's basically Louis Tully in this movie. He was possessed, right. and yeah. now yeah. he's not. And now he's a good guy. Yeah. Trey, as the only member of Down in Front who was an adult when this movie came out, yeah. What was the dubious? What was the anticipation? And then the revelation after this. As I, as I covered before, it's like we're you know you're all, all stoked. We're, we're all, all, like, we're all yeah, very excited, good, and yeah. then and, and then we started hearing about it, and it started sounding a little dubious. And then we finally saw it. It was like, well, they, you know, they all showed up, and they all kind of did what they do. But it just you know, as as sequels go, it was was not nearly as much fun as the first movie. It just felt like wow, they just you know. Needed the money. Yeah, Cash there's grab. really nothing happening. They just kind of show up on scene and then, on screen and yeah, do and stuff. And let's and even oh wow, it's over. And really? yeah, and let's yeah. even end with this is the same ending from the yeah. first movie where they walk down the stairs and the crowd is cheering. Once again, I gotta feel like maybe they thought they were being clever. Uh-huh. It's got to be something where it's like there are so many. If there is a parallel, you'd be like, oh, they kind of they didn't realize they rehashed the exact same plot point. But every single plot point's the same. I gotta wonder if maybe they just thought they were being clever and trying to make a mirror story. I don't know. I, if I don't they, think so. They, if they did, uh, this is a failed experiment. They, yeah. they didn't work. Although I do notice they're using work. the same font, so go guys, yeah. well played, yeah. well well done. I like I like the use of uh, outtakes behind the uh, the credits here. I think this yeah. is the first time I saw this. And as I recall, there is a there is an end <laughs> clip with uh, with the Slimer where he looks particularly poorly puppeteered. Yeah, we're gonna see. No, he gets a credit. At the end yeah. of this block, so he's, got he his gets own, he's got his own. I like, <laughs> yeah. I like that. See, just turn, that's very Buster Keaton. Turn right Rick there. Moranis loose. He's, you know, <laughs> yeah. he's just, he does his thing, and that's what you want. He, he's not even funny. Look, he, he just gets yeah. the thing where he's putting on his elbow pads. Yeah. That even, even in the funny bits at the end, he doesn't get to be funny. Okay. So there the implication is, is that he did not have one hey! funny even outside. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Now, for yeah, my Kurt, part, Kurt, Kurt Fuller. Kurt Fuller. This is Teague. We're going back around the circle. I, you know, obviously this is the worst way to watch a movie is for this down is, in front. Now, this, this obviously had to be, like, both of these sequences had to be shot for the credits because they're not from scenes. No, no, they are from scenes. They, they, they obviously, you know, they obviously are just 
unused parts of the yeah. scenes that the Will Duschendorf, he's the cuter The Duschendorfs, very nice, yeah. <laughs> there he is. How, How do you, you qualify that statement, Michael? Yeah, look at that, huh? look at that terrible, sourcey eyebrow movement. Just oh, as, yeah. I'm sorry, but there are ugly babies in the world. Yeah, there, there are, are, and there are cute ones. There and are. there's a, and so th- there is a gradient, and... One of them, Will, is on the closer end of the cute gradient than, than Hank is. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. That's just For my part, this is Teague. We're going around here. This movie is not one that I have a memory of, of, and probably at some point after this commentary, I'll watch it and get an opinion of it. But from what I have seen, I I feel almost exactly – this is not based on the conversations you've had, I promise. I feel like I've just watched Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> I really, yeah. really do. And it's like I see these these words. Hey, Mirren, way to go! Yeah, no, he came in and he changed uh, a couple things. Like the uh, the proton streams behave a little bit differently. Ooh, look at that! That's awkward. Yeah, Ooh, the uh, proton streams behave more like like lassos and stuff like that than they did in the first one. They've got more of a personality to them because he. That's why he he signed on for it. He was like, I well, I think we can do more with it. I even wise, I even see in the subtitles as we've mentioned before. We watch this with subtitles just so we know where we are. I feel like I've seen subtitles that are funny jokes, and it's like mm-hmm. I feel like I just watched Ghostbusters in I don't know Ghostbusters form. Uh, so I look forward to seeing this without, without you know, this conversation the, the and best- just with the with the words and and thinking, my God, that was a funny little movie that was completely redundant. Yeah, the best part is the little funny things they say. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's 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 all one big vehicle for mostly Bill Murray, but uh, also uh, uh, Peter McNichol. Actually, to, to not say, very much Bill Murray. In this he part. has a few moments. I was like the my favorite joke that he does, and I didn't even see it pass by, but I remember it is his. Uh, it's it's kind of a stretch, but uh, she goes. Uh, they're putting the baby to bed. She goes, "Will you help me put him down?" He goes, "Sure." You're an ugly and yeah, you're a drain yeah. on your poor yeah. mom, you and you're a terrible burden on your poor terrible mother. Terrible burden on your poor parents. You know, it's a, he's get he gets his good lines. You know, hairless pets, weird. You know, he's just doing the Bill Murray thing. But but you know, it's a shame they didn't have a movie to have him do it in. Brian. Ghostbusters 2. Come on. Yeah, it's go- I, well, it's I mean, Ghostbusters I'm, two. Of, I'm of two minds. I mean, there's the six-year-old that's still very alive and well in me. It goes, Ghostbusters. I don't care. It's Ghostbusters. All right, boys. It's the Ghostbusters. And, you know, but then, I mean, especially now having having watched it and talked about it and going, okay, this is what we could what do. What went wrong? This is what could have been done and would have been great. The UN and then this and that and could have been a great story. And... Yeah, I mean, it's it just, it's very, very disappointing. I feel like you're having that wild, wild west thing that I had. I very much. Where you're yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah, felt, I, I never had a problem with this. It was just Ghostbusters 2. And now I'm like, I really see what this could have been. It very much is exactly that. It's very much your wild, wild west or Phantom Menace. Where it's like, before, it didn't matter. It was just Ghostbusters. It was, and okay, maybe mm. it was just, you know, these moments. Maybe there's not a story, but there's some great, great moments in it. Maybe but, they're but not even, you maybe see. they're not great moments. But now I see that there's a story lacking and there could have been a much better story with the same moments and even better moments. Trey, anything to summarize? When I was, when I, of course, by the time this movie came out, I, <coughs> I was, I was in the business. I was starting to work in the business. I was working in the effects business. <coughs> Pardon me. So I was especially paying attention to the effects and kind of going, "Wow, they kind of uh, ripped off some of our blob technology." Um, and literally, the guy Tim. Uh, I'm not going to name any names, but their names are passing right by on the screen right now. There were people who came to the blob set who, you know, literally like. We're playing with our Bob tech stuff. I love that there was one Tim on the screen when he said that. And he's like, I'm not naming names. <laughs> what, what, Tim? What? Yeah, go the, ahead. Did I say the name? Someone named Tim? Yeah. The, um, the people came to the, from the, from the thing came and, and messed with our stuff. And, and, you know, all this, all this is common knowledge. It's not like we're proprietary Blob stuff. It's not it, stealth technology. Exactly. But I was kind of like, you know, I watched this and I was like, wow, it's like the Blob. You know, they, they, they could have called me. It's all slimes and tentacles. But, uh, you know, things, these things don't work out sometimes. But the, yeah, Mike Smith and woo. I know Mike. 
Howie Weed. These are all these are all people that I was getting to know at the time. But this was a movie where <laughs> bathtub trainer. Now how's that we, for a title? <laughs> is that a great title? Bathtub trainer and bathtub wrangler. Um, you know, these are all. Everyone works for everyone, so this this knowledge kind of percolates. It's not like they ripped off our blob technology, but but it. Um, Plus 200 other artists yeah. and technicians. That's an yeah. interesting credit. I'm sorry, Trey, to interrupt. That's all right. I've but never it, seen that before. But watching this movie just struck me like, you know, wow, this is uh, this is great work. I mean, there's a lot of great effects work going on here, but this this movie is just uh, not not good. And and what I'm curious about is everybody involved in this movie has done before and since very very good work. So my question would be: It's not that do we realize this movie is subpar. Did they know? Apparently, Bill Murray did. While doing it, we're kind of making a turd here, but you know, I, I always did want that second house in in Big Bear. Um, well, Murray said he was disappointed with the final product. So yeah, he may not have known at the time. Because you, you never quite know when you're working on a movie if you know the vibe may be different than how it turns well, out. Yeah, it, may, shooting, it may feel great and not turn out was well. Flesh and blood in this? No, yeah. but it's well. Wow. Yes, 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 yes. In the scene, in the scene where, um, in the scene where, um, uh, we're talking about the Oingo Boingo song. In the scene where Ray is on the phone. And he's got the like cap on his head, and he's like communicating it's telepathically with the slime. You can kind of hear it in the background. Yeah, okay. it's just a little throwaway. Trade, but the 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 question I was you know curious about is you know as you were saying, did, are they doing this on purpose? <laughs> did they do this on purpose? Did they go well? We just we just we'll just make this first movie again. We won't try really hard. We'll show up. We'll have some fun. Um, did they try to do something else, and they kind of fell back on this? I mean, I'm curious. What is the what was the behind the scenes? You know, how did these people feel about it when they made it? And did they realize that this was, you know, well, the check cleared? I guess it's okay. I feel like we've done enough movies at this point where it has to be asked on down in front at some point, and why not now? What do you do in a situation where you're like, I love what we're doing, and yet I realize what we're doing will be a failure upon the upon the measure of what we're doing. I feel like what we're doing right now will not measure up to the yardstick of what we've done before or something like that. It dep- well, it certainly can you, dep- can you go to the writer, director, and just go, I am so very down for this. It, However, what you've done is not working. It depends on the power and the relationship, certainly. If you're just, you know, if you're Star just. Star Wars a, comes to mind. If you're just a, well, if you're just a comp artist, you're not going to yeah. go up to George Lucas and be like, um, sir. I'm not <laughs> well, so sure about this. Do you remember we? Because people tried. I mean, yeah. you know, we, oh, we, I'm sure we all know tried. people at ILM who like, I'm working on the Star Wars prequels, and then they realized they were work- right, what right. they were working on. Right, the line from right, the Phantom Menace was, I feel like George is raping my girlfriend. Yeah, right? yeah and, I'm, and I'm helping him hold her down. <laughs> right, you, that was Ryan, Ryan's line, right? Yeah. For, for, no, that was, was, uh, I was quoting someone from ILM who said, you know, the Ghostbusters 2. I think Ryan said something similar. There's this woman I love, and I've worshipped all my life, and now I'm helping, I'm holding her down while George rapes her. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, remember on Geeksa, we interviewed Ron Thornton at one point, and I asked him essentially that question because he was a visual effects on um, on Star Trek Voyager, and I essentially asked him that question: "Is like, you, you did you know? I mean, as a visual effects artist, how shitty some of those episodes were going to be." <laughs> And, I mean, he had his answer, and if you want, you know. Well, there's, I mean, there's not much you can know, do Did he know? Did he care? You know, it's, it's, it's like, yeah. And, well, his answer was essentially like, yeah, I mean, you know, you know to an extent, but there's nothing you can do. Right. My my job isn't, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, for, for certain people, it's like my job isn't to care about that. My right. job is they bring it to me, and I do what they the want. The best job I can. I do, I, I do the best version of the shitty thing they asked me for. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, 
All right, let's get around the table here now. <laughs> All right. We already went around oh, yeah. the table, except for me. Yeah, we skipped Oh, over, that's right. I was leading up. Well, I because, got me. Because I, we I, knew I, that you, the exactly. resident Ghostbusters guy, we, would we, have we the gotta, summation. we got to give you your, yeah. your long outro. I said, I don't remember this movie, and I look forward to seeing you without this, so yeah. I can be disappointed all the new, and yeah. then Brian said the same thing, and, I don't, and Trey, you know. I, I, it barely registered. It was just kind of like, wow, I hope uh, it's, it's <laughs> the, the Michael Caine, it's the Michael Caine King quote once again. It's where we, Did we use it on the show recently with the Michael Caine Talks about some bad movies he'd been in. He was in that whatever Jaws he was in. Uh-huh. Uh, they, the they, Revenge. He was talking about. Uh, did we use that in a quote? What did I use? I don't that think quote? so. Uh, it's 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 a Michael Caine quote. He recent, said it recently in a in a in an interview. He said uh, he was in Jaws four. Jaws the, the Revenge. Revenge. Yeah, you number know, four. Which, and, you know, one of the wor- the worst of the the of worst the by oh, far. Um, you know, and someone in an interview asked him about it. He brought it up, and you know, it's like uh, so. You know, what was that all about? And he says, uh, "Well, you know, I I have to admit, I've never seen Jaws four, but I." I've seen the house it bought, and it is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know. Well, that goes hope- back to me just loving Michael Caine. He shows up in Muppet, <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol, yeah. and it's completely there. Like, fuck yeah, Michael Caine is doing Muppet movies now. Mm-hmm. I just right. So I just hope that, you know, everyone's house that they got from Ghostbusters 2 is, is lovely. Yeah. As a, although, although, like we said, you know, Bill Murray was not not happy with just taking the paycheck and going. He was unhappy. With yeah, but I, I, I don't think he gave it to charity. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't think he, did so either. he took the but he, did, but he didn't take Ghostbusters 3 for the last 20 As years. As of yeah. the end of 2009, coming into 2010, there are only Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2, and here we are at the end of Ghostbusters 2. Dorkman, how do you feel? All right. Um, here we look. go. Yeah, no, no, there no, may look. be a Ghostbusters 3 that sh- changes everything. It's, re- yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really what you say. You, you know when you, when you care about a person... Like, oh, no, listen, listen. <laughs> when you care about a person, no matter who they Quiet, the, everyone. The I want to know where this is going. Significant other or, or a family or just a really close friend. It's like, and you love that person, it's like they may do things that you don't agree with. You may not, you get in arguments, you may not even like that person, but you still love them, right? I don't really like Ghostbusters 2, but I love Ghostbusters 2 because it's Ghostbusters, you know? And that's just, okay. that's just how it is. Like, this is Ghostbusters 2. I get. I, I've got Ghostbusters, and it's great. And and then Ghostbusters Two is an extension of the story that I've just. I, I I never like. I accepted it before I knew to question it. So it's just there. It's Ghostbusters Two. If they do a Ghostbusters Three, that's the point at which they can fuck it up for me. But as far as it now goes, you're now you're a well versed film. And viewer. now now I know. But but as far as it goes, like like we've we've said before, Brian and I, you know, Ghostbusters One and Ghostbusters Two. They're just, they just like, are. They're like just holy, it or not, they, holy ex- cows. they exist in the same universe. Ghostbusters 1 is much better. It's preferable. It's the one I've watched far more often than Ghostbusters 2. But they're both Ghostbusters, and that's just the way it is. As a Star Trek fan, I completely understand <laughs> where you're go. coming from. There you go. Fair has, enough. Has Down in Front in this episode of Ghostbusters 2 changed anything about how you see it? Has it- no, because I already knew that before coming in. <laughs> like I said, I'm like, I'm, this is not a good move Compared to the so first basically, one, this is vastly inferior. Although it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a direct parallel with your actual life, Ghostbusters 2 is your bad high school relationship. Yeah, basically. It's like my, the, the, the first boyfriend-girlfriend <laughs> ta- position she taught me so no, much. No, totally. I learned well, so much from her. He, yes, exactly. It's exactly like that it's like well that was that didn't go so well but you that know was what? not healthy I learned. I learned. that wasn't healthy and i'm and my ultimately, god i learned so much but it's an experience i, I clearly needed yeah, to have i had to have it i'm glad i went through it i would not want to go through it again and if he called me i don't think i'd get back ghostbusters 2 is outside the prom in the parking lot waiting for the taxi yes oh, yes ouch exactly that's, that's, so so i mean that's just that that's how it is for me like i don't i don't Ghostbusters 2 did not disappoint me. Even today, it's like, well, it's not that great, 
but it is what it is, and it's it's part of the story. So I feel like um, giving you a slow clap out of compassion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like I feel so bad. No, seriously, as a Star Trek fan, I completely, completely <laughs> yeah, yeah. feel you. I, I am you totally not? on the same wavelength. Yeah. How could you not? <laughs> All right, now this has been Down in Front. You can always find more of us at downinfront.net. Go ahead and subscribe to our iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Find our Twitter at twitter.com slash downinfront. Go to the forum, register, and, and you know discuss our various uh, Tell us why we're wrong. Tell us Seriously. why this is the greatest oh, movie we're ever starting, made. We're starting to realize the yeah. forum is literally just an output for those that think we're retarded. No, but and, and, well, and, that's good. That's what and it's on for. the blog, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig up and link to those behind-the-scenes the, the shooting videos. The brand new videos. stuff on, on yeah. Dorkman. Uh, Scott.wordpress.com. I meant your. I meant the down yeah. front blog. Actually, well, saying, he's going. He's going to add value trying, to I'm our trying, blog. I'm trying to get everything that we've we've mentioned in the in the episode. Sure. And, yes. And as uh, or as just dorkmanscott.com because if I change the site or whatever, it'll you'll still be able to just find Google it. Dorkman Scott. This guy's serious. Like, yeah, publicity whore. Like There's Kevin so many Smith of those on the internet. Yeah. There's 25,000 Dorkman Scotts, and only one of them is ours. My name is Mr. T. Christie, and I'm here with. And the flowers are still standing. <laughs> Ryan Jennifer. <laughs> that yeah. was number one. Yes, so you're quoting the good one. <laughs> Dorkman Scott. Michael Dorkman yeah. Scott and Trey Amazing Stokes. Correct. Thank you very much for listening to Down in Front. You can always find us. And until next time, thank you very much for listening. Good night. Good night. No witty uh, phrase from the movie? Anyone? Really? <laughs> nah, that's just all it is. Winston. It's like the buzzing of flies to me. Michael. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Friendsinyourhead.com